Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Wow. Good morning. It is time to skip the BS. Time for Undisputed. Time to talk. Shot of the night. Shot of the year. Shot of the century. Max Struess from 59 feet to shock the Mavericks at the buzzer in Cleveland. I probably watched this, I don't know, 25 times already. I can't get enough of it. Maybe because I've never been a Mark Cuban fan. But... The looks of stunned agony on the Mavs' faces, the looks of stunned ecstasy on the Cavs' faces, well, let me see it again and again and again, as you're seeing now. That shot was why I'm addicted to watching sports night after night after night. You just never know what you might see. I have a whole lot more to say about that shot in this game, but my debate partner, Keyshawn Johnson, won the toss again this morning, and he never defers, so he gets the ball first. So <laughs> would you please kick us off, no, it was a good, Mr. It, Johnson, and give uh, us your thoughts on that shot? Good morning, Skip. Good morning. Amazing shot. Chill factor. <laughs> you think about it. You, you just beat a team that two guys combined for 85 points. In Luca and Kyrie, and I, I don't this know is can get this is why yeah, sports Luka goes is, forty-five and fourteen and loses. And this is why sports is is so amazing and crazy, and you never give up hope. You just never you're never out of it until the end. You're never out of it until that that clock says zeros across the board. So when you think about getting that basketball in your hands, it be, it's a walk off. You know, a lot of athletes have have scored or done something at the end of games to win. But this was, this was an amazing shot that goes in just basically for me, that's, that's a, a logo shot, even though when I look at it, it's just across half court. But he yeah. lined it up perfectly. Perfectly. I lined, lined it up perfectly. He put the spin on it. I mean, I've tried that myself 50,000 times. I've never, ever Likewise. made one. Likewise. Never, ever made one. Well, just, as you know, it's, it's not that easy to get the ball that far just shoving it with well, you. I, but, but obviously, he's a professional. He knows what to do. But when you're out there messing around yeah. at the gym and you just say, okay, I'm going to line it up perfectly in center court and I'm going to try to push it mm-hmm. and get there, it's either going to fall short or it's going to go way right, way left, or too far beyond the basket. This is just a – and on top of that, you have a defender merging on you and coming towards you. It was Luca. I mean, it's just like yeah. – it, I don't even know what to say other than he hit it the bottom of the net. And on top of that, it's um, – what was it, 59? It was a 59 foot. yeah. And, and so that's only the fifth player since 1997 to have five threes in the final four minutes of a game. I mean, it's like – 
Think of some of the names. Todd Day. Now, Paul George, you would think of back in 2013. Yeah. But in Dame Lillard, you would say, yeah. But then Todd Day, mm -hmm. uh, Troy Daniels, and then obviously Max. Yeah. There's not like, when, when I went through this list, I was thinking to myself, I was like, okay, it's probably Steph Curry. It's probably Klay Thompson, Reggie Miller. None of those guys are on this list. No. It's just, it's crazy. It's weird. It's unpredictably, it, 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 it's, it's inexplicable. And, and they got a good basketball team, though, in hey, Cleveland. They're really good. They, they, got a good, they got a good team in Getting Cleveland. Getting better and better. Okay, so let's, let's quickly look at the last sequence because, again, Luka goes 45 with 14 assists. Sensational. And let's see what happened in the last sequence of this game where Luka almost lost the ball there, and he makes a really nice feed to P.J. Washington, who goes up. For that, that looked like it's two seconds left, the game over, and Mobley gives it right back to Struess, which, you know, it, that was a sweet play by Mobley because usually you might turn and look up court, but, you, but there's no time left, so he gives it right back to Struess. And guess who was not in the game was Donovan Mitchell, who had been very hot down the stretch also for Cleveland. And as Struess said after the game, I was lucky because that, that should have been Donovan's shot. But Donovan was out of the game for defensive purposes on that last possession. Didn't help but because they scored easily at the rim. But, but there's no Donovan on the floor, which gave Struess a chance to play hero. Yeah, but even so, though, if, if, but that, it's not like a normal three. No. So even no. having Donovan on the floor, you, you don't you, know. You probably want to get it to him at but that you gonna point. But you're going to get it, but you probably – are trying to get it across the yeah, court. Yeah. I don't know if they would even had enough time to get it across the court. It probably would have yeah. been a different type of inbound pass yeah. to get it across the court to be able to knock it down. You were right. Okay. So it was he, a nice pass he, by Luka. He, he, he it was a sweet pass. Luka played a great basketball game. And yet, inbounds, right back, and Struess gets a running start, which certainly helped with the momentum of getting the ball all the way to the bucket. And he shot it perfectly because the it's that backward reverse rotation that's just perfectly textbook basketball shot. And yet Luca took the fall after the game, which he does. It's kind of sarcastic. He said it was my fault because I should have pressed up on him more. But but if you watch this closely, Luca gets a hand in his face. You don't want to foul him. You know, yeah, the Luka last got one. up off the ground about this. Right, well, OK, OK. But that's what he does. <laughs> I, I don't think he can dunk. He tried to dunk in the All-Star game. It's he has so a hard funny time. you said that. Yeah. Last night, as I'm watching the game, I, I was sitting there and I said to myself, I don't know if he can dunk. I, I, don't I, think I literally, can. no, he can yeah. probably dunk, but not and, and you with know what else? Even Jokic has a hard time dunking. He's seven feet tall. I'm serious. No, I, I believe And these it. are two of the best players in the I, game. I, I said How that last night, watching the game, watching yeah. that. I said, I said, I wonder if he could dunk. Well, in the All-Star game, he tried to get up and he, he couldn't get it up above the rim because he doesn't need to. And nope. he is... He is six feet, seven inches tall, so he just plays off his height. But if you watch that last sequence, he, he does get a little running start and puts a hand in his face, which is about all you can ask is, is that, you know, this, this is a sweet feed. And then Luca doesn't give up on it. I mean, he doesn't dog this play. He, he, he comes, you know, he, he made a jump at him. I mean, he yeah, bothered him side, a little bit. Though. It was okay. more to the side. All right. Okay. He, so now let's look at what Max Struess did in the last three minutes and 45 seconds, because this is inexplicable to me. This is five threes in the last 345. 
Open There's the look, first one. He, he outscored Dallas 15 Catch to 9 in the bam. last 345. And, and he said every one of them, when it left his hand, he just knew it was good. Well, you know that. Well, feeling. he's in rhythm, catch yeah. and shoot, yeah. gone. Yeah. Okay. There's no pause in it. All of it is catch and shoot. Yeah. Even that one, to a degree, is a catch and shoot. It was. Catch and shoot. It was. All right. So this is a guy who is shooting 34% from three. That ranks 138th in, in, bas- in the NBA right now of 166 qualified three-point shooters. So it's not great. But he's having a career year. In his first year with Cleveland, he's 12, uh, 5, and 4. So it's pretty good. And he, pretty starts, good. he starts every game for them, and they're a good basketball team. He may have a low percentage in terms of shooting, but he has the ability because of his stroke. When, he, when he's in rhythm, it's like any shooter, though. When they're in rhythm, they can catch and shoot. Yeah. It's smooth and flow. If you have hesitation in, in that catch and shoot, you're going to miss him. All five of those shots, even the last one, there was no hesitation. I got it, boom. I got it, boom. It's just there. Now, nobody was really engaging in front of him, so it was open looks. He should knock those. He's a professional NBA player. He should knock those down going away, Skip. Okay, but he's a 34% three-point shooter. Yes, and, 34% with people in his face. Okay, but, but those are, they're, they're not that simple. Like, they're, they're not completely unguarded shots. Those shots are unguarded right there, though. But he just goes into the zone like crazy. Okay? You have been in the zone, not as a three-point shooter. Yeah, but but in other things. Yeah, in other things where I I can't explain it, but it's mystical to me how all of a sudden you just think everything, you're going to catch every football or whatever, however you can. It's a comfort level, Skip. Mm -hmm. It's it's, It's a comfort level, right? Like I said, all athletes, for the most part, you've done something at, a end of, at the end of a game to help your team win. Okay. Along the way, you get comfortable. You know, you, you say, like you say, you say, well, a guy's 11 of 11 on attempts and catches because I'm now focused in Like, what was your best everything. NFL game? I'm sure you know off the top of your head. I, I, Catching-wise? Yeah. Like, where, where did you have big catches where, where the ball – just it seemed like it was coming in slow motion to you where where you just said I, don't do I, this to me skip because i yeah. only thing i could give you is a lot of them that's all i okay, can well, give that's you fair. That's I, fair i can't that's you know I, don't, I can't pinpoint because what you might think was my best game yeah i think different right okay. some people say well best game was a playoff game in history da, 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 Jack. and i say nah my best game was against the Minnesota Vikings in 98 okay or my best game was against uh the New Orleans Saints or what you know or whatever I feel that best game is, but yes. But surely in something sticks in your head where, boy, I just killed it that day. I, I just, no, they, they couldn't Here's stop one, me. Okay. 90, 98 at, okay. at, at the Jets against the Miami Dolphins. Uh, Patrick Sertan, along with Sam Masson, and Sean Wooten, nothing they could do. They, they threw everything they could at me, but it was one of those deals. Ray Lucas is my quarterback. And it's just like, I run a shallow cross, balls thrown in my shoelaces. I put my hand down the sticks I, out the back gate. Go the other way, same Ray, thing. Ray you know, most accurate. That's okay, though. Yeah, no, it no. didn't matter, but yeah. it was one of those zone games where you there just you okay. couldn't. I mean, I remember running a corner route for a touchdown, and Sam has perfect coverage. He's on my top shoulder, and he has this arm pulling it down, and, and the ball's coming over. I just stick, boom, touchdown, and he's all over me. Couldn't believe, but it was one of those nights. That, that okay. was one in 98. All right. So you were in your zone. Oh, absolutely. That Was it a night absolutely. game? Absolutely, night uh, game. Well, right. it, was, it was a late, late game, game that turned okay, into Okay, I night. got it. I got it. 
The point is, you were a way more talented player than Max Struess. I understand. Max Struess did not get drafted. Max Struess started at a little school called Lewis and then went to DePaul mm-hmm. and then was undrafted by Pat Riley in the Miami Heat. And he found a place for them because he's got guts. He, he'll make a, an occasional big shot and he will play big on the boards. And, and he's, he, he's, a, he's a tough guy. And, and Pat just liked his grit and his yeah. fight, the fight in he's it. A, right? He's a pro, but you develop yeah. over time. Yeah. Just because at the small school and then at DePaul and then with the, the heat, he was yeah. just okay. And now all of a sudden he's developed into a professional basketball player. Yeah. Again, this isn't Dame Lillard. This isn't Reggie That's Miller. That's what I'm saying. It's, it, but it, but it, it's but never those kind of guys. Skip. This, this, it's like the NBA gods tap somebody on the shoulder on some weird night in Cleveland, Ohio, and all of a sudden he makes five threes at the end of the game that – that he shouldn't be capable of making because his. But that's history, not. But that shouldn't yeah. be capable of making. It's not true. Yeah. But his history shows you he shouldn't. But history shows you he's never been in that situation where he's had to make five threes in a row with three. What was it? With with uh, how many? Three forty-five. With three forty-five. So three forty-five. He scores fifteen points in the last three. Yes, and a half but minutes. think about it. He's getting the basketball. Mm-hmm. Right at the point where he can catch and shoot yeah. it. He's not getting it. He's not getting it at his ankles. It's not over his head. Yeah. These things is right in his belly. Okay. So as soon as he gets it, he boom, bam, he's letting okay. it go. It's like practice. So help me out. Why do you think he's no longer a Miami Heat? Well, because he probably didn't do as well as they wanted him to do. Thank you. That's with them, so, though. Last year, the Heat got hot, thanks to Jimmy Butler for the most part. And they make it to the finals against the Denver Nuggets, as you recall, because the Nuggets had your, your Lakers had them four straight times and let them off the hook. So there they go into the finals. And they wind up winning the finals, as you recall, in five games. You know who the biggest culprit was to me? And I picked the Heat to win that series because I thought they were just on fire. I don't know why you would pick the Heat. Which series? The finals, the NBA finals last year. Um, Okay, guess what? Guess what Max Struess did in the finals? He went 6 of 32 from 3. Do some math on that, and it comes out to 19%. You cannot win with 19% shooting. Well, of shooting. course you can't. Yeah. But and, it's okay. But they, they leaned on him. They relied on him. And even in the previous round, he'd only shot 34% against the Celtics. Because he's he, shown them, though, in the past, yeah. somewhere along the line, that they, yeah. built, they felt confident enough yeah. to get the ball in his hands that he would be able to do it. Yeah. It didn't happen. Okay. He is known to make an occasional big shot. And if I could show you real quick, back to his days at Little Lewis College before he even went to DePaul, you know when made, Doug Lewis College film? Yeah, he made look, look at this. He, this is a three-quarter court shot. If you can see it, he he just uh, it's hard to see that it left his hand, but that's from three-quarter court, not half court. He he launches this. It, it's like I, how do you even throw it that far? But there it is, and he just you can't really. It's a little grainy. I see. I see, but I can you, see, you it, a see bit, it. Yeah. But but he makes it, and it's a buzzer, but it, like it's a walk-off. So this okay? is something that so obviously he, it's he practices. It's in his nature. It's yeah, in, obviously I, I don't he's practicing I don't, you, I don't know if you ever practice that shot, but maybe I, just I can, I can guarantee you, as an NBA player, the basketball player, he's practicing those type of shots 
He's practicing them. Three-quarter court? You might I practice can promise you they're playing horse. They're playing uh, knockout. Whatever yeah. it is that they're doing in their downtime, okay. he's practiced that enough okay. to be comfortable to let it go because you just right. showed me two of them already. I did. One from college and one from the pros. That and is I'm true. sure if you dig into his practice archive, you'll see him make those same shots yeah. in practice. And by the way, real quick aside, there's been one longer buzzer beater in, I think it's the last 25 years in the NBA, and it was not by Steph, it was not by Dame, it was by Devontae Graham for the New Orleans Pelicans against Oklahoma City in 2021. It was, was December it 15, 61 feet. 61. Yeah, I'm talking about buzzer beater walk-off. You know, the, this is a longer walk-off. This is Devontae Graham. Whew, that's a heave. Lord, now that back, you know, that, that, that's backboard, so there's some luck involved. The Strew shot last night was as pure as you can stroke it. There, there's, it luck, there's luck involved in all of the shots across half court. Yeah. Half, across, okay, on the other you, side. If, if you don't call bank, and he's obviously not calling bank, he's not trying to shoot that ball off the backboard. No, yeah. skip with okay, so all, that's some luck. They're all luck, Okay, though. but if the Strew shot looks pure to me. It looks like no. he aimed and fired, and it switched. Yes, but that's luck. Right? You're it not, almost looked like he was shooting a free throw. He... Look, he lined it up perfectly He with the rotation on the ball, all of that. But all of these shots are luck. Unless you are across half court and on your end of the mm-hmm. court where now you're, you know, you're, you're, sure. you're into the Dame Steph situation, yeah. they're, they're all luck. Okay. So here's why Pat Riley said no to Max Struess as he was going to become a free agent. Well, he was 6 of 30 something, you just yeah. said. He was 6 of 32. <laughs> yeah. But, but he, here's in the, the regular season for the Heat, he was. In the playoffs, it fell four percentage points to 32.5. Well, 32.5 is is not very good. But he's a role player. He is what he is. This is not a superstar player. He's an NBA professional basketball player. So every once in a while, he'll make a big shot, and you say, boy, I can live with that. But Pat's saying, well, I, I can't live with 32.5%. I can't live with 19% no, in the NBA nobody, Finals. But not just Pat. Nobody can live with and, that. And yet Cleveland said, yes, we will. And they gave well, him four, four years, $62 million. It's, 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 it's $16 million a it's, year. It's, not, it's the NBA. Yeah. It's basketball. Okay. Yeah. It is. Okay. So they put him in their starting line. He started every game for them. And they are living with the fact he's a 34% regular season three-point shooter because every once in a while, that happens. And, that's and again, okay. it's not Steph, it's not Clay, it's not Dame. It, it's three-point shooting that you can't really explain. But in sports, even in your game of football, there's nothing like three-point shots on dramatic impact because it just the math of it just changes the game. When, when you can make five threes, listen, Dallas can't play much better than Dallas played down the stretch. And, and as you said, Kyrie also got 30. They're making shots. And if one guy named Max Struess, one guy you don't expect to do it, makes five threes because he gets tapped on the, the shoulder by the NBA gods, it's your turn, it's your time, it's your night, you can't overcome it because it's three at a time. You can't overcome it. Who was that for us last year? Uh, and I say us, the Lakers. Yeah. He's no longer with us, and I can't even think of his name. But it was in the playoffs. It was against Golden State. Uh, God, gosh, I can't think of his name. Oh. Uh, you know exactly what I'm talking Malik about. Not Malik Beasley. No, not Malik okay. Beasley. Because he starts. Walker. Oh, Walker. Yeah. He oh, got oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He's he, expert. Yeah. He, he got hot. He went crazy and in the fourth went, quarter. He, he went did. crazy. He did. It happens. Yeah. Guys and, get into a situation 
where all of a sudden you're feeling good, you uncovered, you're knocking it down, it's just your night. Now, it may never be your night again for mm -hmm. another 60 nights, but that for the nap, is man. your night. Yeah. So that may be the case with Max. It may have just been his 342, yeah. his night at that moment in time. We may never, ever see him do it again in his career. Yeah. But that night, the Cleveland Clavs are glad they had yeah. him. And that night, the Miami Heat wished they had him. Is there him. anything like that in the National Football League? In football, is there any kind where a role player has a game that, where he takes the game over? I, I can't think of, you know, maybe yeah, it happens absolutely. every once in a while. Maybe a running you back. Find, I was like, going to say, you find yeah. running backs all day long. Yeah. Then all of a sudden you go... Damn, he just rushed for 150 on 25 carries, yeah. and he's giving me 10 and 5 and 8 and 20 and yeah. 10 and 5. You get that. And then that's the last you hear of him. Yes, it absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you think about, you, you talk about the Shanahan's, and you talk about the, the, the Denver days of running the football. Yep. They had guys that yep. you're like, oh, okay, oh. they're really good. Then all of a sudden they rush for 1,000, then they're out of the league again. Yeah. Belichick used to do that occasionally. With, uh, yeah. Not really. Belichick's mm -hmm. running backs all, we, like when you start night, talking about Corey Dillons yeah. and things, they, the they had success before. They were at Indy on a Sunday night. What was the guy's name? Gray. Uh, and, and then he got doghoused after the game. But Probably. he had like 140. Yeah, you, you get that. Yeah. You get kickers yeah. that all of a sudden are, are kicking consistent 40-yard field yeah. goals that, in the game. It's like, well, how the hell did he give us 12 and points? They just lose it. And then they just lose it and, and they're they go gone. south and they're and gone they're and gone. you never hear from them again. Very interesting, but not as interesting as this. The seven-on-seven -seven coaches who brawled with Cam this past weekend give their side of this story <laughs> in its some side. No mercy, no mercy, no mercy. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Okay, we don't yet have Cam Newton's side of this story, but we now have a lengthy statement from Top Shelf Sports, whose coaches TJ and Steph Brown got into it with Cam, setting off that brawl at the 7-on-7 tournament in Atlanta last weekend. The Browns previously worked for Cam's 7-on-7 organization called C1N. That's Cam's initials and the number, of course, he wore in the NFL. Top Shelf beat Cam's team on Saturday, and T.J. Brown said he crossed paths with Cam in the parking lot before Sunday's game, and that Cam said to him, hey, what are we doing today? Let's bet. I ain't never running out of money. I got plenty of money. T.J. Brown now says he replied, you think money is everything. You can't buy me. Then when the game started, the Browns say Newton continued to taunt them with things like, I taught you everything you know. I made y'all. I'm your daddy. T.J. Brown now says he was wrong letting Cam get into his head, did apologize for that. Yet, he says, when he left the field to confront Cam during the game, Cam grabbed his jacket and Brown says tried to choke him. That set off the video you've no doubt seen again and again in the, the brawl. 
Okay, Keyshawn, you've been heavily involved in 7-on-7. You've coached these teams. You plan to coach one again. What's your reaction to all of the above? Sounds about right, Skip. Yeah, it it's does. Sounds, it, it sounds it's about it's right. like, like business as usual. Yeah, it's right? business. Yeah. That's why I'm yeah. laughing as you were reading everything and said that. Yeah. All I can do is laugh because it sounds perfect. Yeah. This is perfect. Yeah. Now, what I said yesterday, obviously information comes out every single day. These are the sort of things that happen doing 707 tournaments. Yeah. You got a guy in Cam Newton who will talk to you and taunt you and do those things. He, he would do it, it in the National Football League. Do too. it in the National yeah. Football League. That's yep. part of mm-hmm. the makeup of competitive 707. Okay, now, as far as him defending himself and grabbing him, I don't know if the dude got up in his face. I don't know what the case is, but when you approaching, this, this, this is classic. He said versus he said. He no, said we we he don't said. have Cam side. Yeah, I don't okay, know. But right. when you are approaching somebody, yes. they're gonna probably defend themselves. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's just the reality of it. But in terms of going back and forward, skipping and telling him, I got more money than you. Put something on it. I ain't gonna run out of money. Mm-hmm. That's a normal. It's all. Put it this way: If the gaming commission or the FBI, whoever yeah. legislate that. If they wanted to go to the 707 tournaments and prosecute some people, yeah. they can do it all day long because it's gambling going on. Every, That's just part I got it. of the culture okay. of 707 sports. Yes, they used to work for Cam. Cam and they, they went on their own separate way to start their own deal and what the case may and be. And they have had some success. Go and ahead. they may yeah. have had some yeah. success mm-hmm. and they beat one of they Cam's did. team. They did. And so He's they're talking crazy. 15 and under and 18 and Yeah, under. you okay. usually have a couple teams. Yeah. You know, you have youngers, a little bit older sometimes. Right. You have a mix. I do mix. Mm-hmm. I don't do an 18U or 12U. I'll put 12-year-olds with 18-year-olds okay. and let them play so they can develop. Some teams are that way. Some teams are not that way. But you get into those confrontations with guys. I mean, that's just... The reality of it. By the way, do the kids have to pay to play? It depends on what organization. For me, no. No. No, they don't pay for travel, and we traveled the world. Okay, we visited college campuses to give them the opportunity to meet these coaches for scholarships and all those things. They paid not one cent. Did much of it come out of your pocket? Well, between my pocket and and Adidas, my sponsor's pocket. I got it. And and that's that's what you do. And you're giving back to the community. You're giving back to the kids. And you're showing them that there is a way out of whatever situation that they must be in. You are a mentor. Mm -hmm. You're doing those sort of things. Now, you say, he's a mentor. He's out there fighting. Well, I mean... He's in a scuffle that he probably shouldn't be in, yeah. and he's probably not proud of the situation that he put himself in, especially with videos going viral like this and the fact that we're up here even talking about it. Mm. I would say this, though. There are going to be a number of kids from this tournament and from both of these teams, whether it's this year or 10 years from now as these things continue to go on, that will be able to get college educations and may not be able to go to the NFL, will have the opportunity, though, to graduate from Vanderbilt, to go to Vanderbilt, to go to USC, Cal, and some Mm -hmm. of these other schools. That's just the reality of it. It's the reality of it. And that's why you're going to do it again. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm doing it. Next January, when it starts back up, my son will be 12 years old. It's time for me to dive back into it, you know, on the weekends and, and travel and have fun with him. Okay. I mean, it's all skip, man. It's it, it's some it's some funny stuff, though. That's all I can it's tell you. Stuff. It's it's some funny stuff that but goes on. Emotions run hot and high. high. They run high yeah. and it's hot. Yeah. When you know it's yeah. hot out there, and 
you're, you're losing and you're sweating and you're trying to get these knuckleheads to listen to what you're saying and you got some parents that's acting out and you got coaches screaming and hollering at you because again, you got to remember, as I said to you when we first had this conversation, yeah. it's not about beating Cam Newton, I mean his team. It's about beating Cam Newton. Yeah. The fact that I can say as, and I don't want to call them nobodies because yeah. I don't know their backgrounds, but they certainly didn't win an MVP and go to a Super Bowl. They did not. That's something to them. It's their moment, Skip. Yeah. I get an opportunity and a chance to go and say, man, I beat Cam Newton. No, you beat his team. But yeah. in their world, they feel like they beat Cam Newton. Yeah, they do. All right. This is where I feel for Cam. You had to go through this because every ex-star has to go through that process of rejoining the real world. Because at some point, the NFL says no to you or yeah. you say no to the NFL. It's, it's called... An assembly line. Yeah. Somebody gets on, somebody gets, gets off, off, and that thing just keeps going around. All right. Do I think Cam Newton can still play in the National Football League? You better believe I do. Mm -hmm. Should he be playing? I, you, okay, you, we can go back and forth. No, he, about, yeah, yeah, I'm saying, yeah. I'm, I'm just yes. like, yeah, I'm agreeing yes. with you. Yes. He knows that in his heart, and yet he's looking for an outlet. And right now he's pouring his emotions into this because he does a lot of good work in the community yes. and he's given a lot of these kids opportunities and knowledge that they would not have without him because he was an MVP in this league. Absolutely. Okay, in 2015. Okay, so sometimes as he's trying to find a competitive outlet, sometimes I think his emotions run overboard too. Like, every, you know, they boil over. And... He's trying to, to find something that scratches his competitive itch because you have to, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're blessed because you get to come in here every morning and do this, and it serves a little bit to, to keep you in the flow of this. It's not playing football, but at least it's talking football at a very high level, and you get to break down plays and games, and it scratches a little bit of your itch. I don't know how much, but some of it, well, right? I've been doing it 18 years. That's what I'm saying. I left the game not because I couldn't play anymore, because I got tired of playing. Okay. But well, I still wanted to be uh, in touch with the game yeah. and around the game. You do. So, yeah. Okay. I don't think Cam got tired of playing. I think he wanted to continue, and for whatever reason, the league is saying no to him at this point. After he had his one run with Belichick, where, where I thought he was, he, was he did good. good. He got COVID. He got Once COVID. He got COVID and then he, remember, he left town, and then that was the you weren't supposed to leave under quarantine and what, whatever. Like, and yeah. then it just blew up. Those rules are all uh, yeah, okay. that stuff right. is different. Okay, so the point is, should should Cam Newton is he better than? Yes, he's better than any of this that he got involved in because he's Cam freaking Newton. Yes, like you got to stay a little above the fray. Absolutely. And at some point, I'm sure he's learned a little bit of a lesson. I just can't. Some of these guys, you, you don't want to be brawling with these guys because I don't think they were players. I don't know who they are. No, but, they they're yeah. probably guys that grew up within and around. They did the Atlanta area to a did. degree or where Cam grew up at. Yeah. And, and maybe they did play the, college ball. I don't maybe know. they did. Yeah. I don't know. And he yeah. brought him in to help him run his organization and whatever the fallout was, was the fallout. Right. Right. And then you get that back and forward competitive conversation going. And again, the young man probably shouldn't have walked up on Cam. Yeah. And I'm just saying, when you go close to somebody, you, you got to be prepared to get well, hands put as on you, you pointed out, Cam is six feet, six inches tall, and maybe 250, some 260, somewhere yeah, in there. You might he not is, want to do that. He is a huge, huge. And it's not like he's not working out still. Yeah. 
So well, he's been trying to stay NFL ready. So you might not want to do that. Yeah. Okay. So the bottom line to this is, the, the, if there are any losers here, it's the kids. Because the kids don't need to see this. No, they the, don't. This is like, no, this, this is no good. Even, right? they, even though some of these kids <laughs> some of these kids be bad, though, they, don't, they still don't need to see it. Right? Yeah. No, they don't. They, they don't need to see a former MVP, Heisman Trophy winner, and Cam Newton acting like that. They just don't need to see it. Okay. Whether he was defending himself, whether he was the right or the wrong, they don't need to see it. Are you cool with him trash talking the way he always oh, has 100%. at this level on oh, seven on seven? Okay. Oh, thousand percent. I'm your daddy. I own oh, you. One, I taught you everything you know. One thousand percent. Okay. Because that is the culture of mm-hmm. yeah. the seven on seven circuit. I've, I've lived it. I helped create it and make it as big as it is today. I lived it. Did- I had people on my, I had kids on my team. DeAnthony Thomas, the Black Mamba from Oregon. Hey. He was one of my players. Hey, he can flat fly. Can go. Yeah. But one of the biggest trash talkers going really? to the point where I had to just say, you can't talk to those parents like that. But that, it's just a, it, it's part Did of. Did you talk as the coach? I, if somebody said something to me. Okay, but not. But not to initiate. players. Okay. More so to parents. Mm-hmm. Because parents was always chirping from the other side. They always had something to do. Oh, the referees, you know, the referees are just doing because you played in the NFL because, you yeah, one of those. And you have to now tell them, no, you know, I didn't get a call because I'm Keyshawn. You know, and it, it turns into a conversation. Yeah. Never to the point where it became so confrontational that it was going to escalate into a fight because I had people with me anyway that was going to take care of all that. My brothers and the dudes that work with me, as we like to call them, our goons, they was there for that. They, you go deal with that, man. I ain't got time. I'm coaching these kids. And they could police all of that. I didn't need to. Mm. I didn't need to bother my, bother with that. Yeah. It's fun, and it could become, you know, it could get serious. It could get serious because mm. people, they are, first of all, Skip, they're already mad at you. They don't like the fact that you, even though it sounds ridiculous mm-hmm. because you're helping kids. Yeah. They don't like that you're in the position to help the kids that you're helping, even though it's not them, their kids. Mm-hmm. If you were helping their kids, it's different. But when they're not part of your camp yep. and part of that, it turns into those sort of things. Because they don't have, you asked me about uh, being able to, to travel and pay for things and things mm-hmm. of that nature. Everybody doesn't have the luxury. Mm-hmm. So what happens is there's a certain a sense of jealousy that sets in when you pull up in a giant RV and you got, you know, 20 of the top kids wearing Adidas from head to toe with with Dre beats on. It's just a, (laughs) you know, know. it turns into something different. And they're looking at you, get off the bus, and the other kids are sitting there going, man, I want to play with them. Were all your kids from L.A.? Most of us, California. We had a couple that flew in from, like, Connecticut, but most of our guys were from between Northern California okay. and Southern California. Like Shaq Thompson of Carolina Panthers. Yes. One of my guys, right? Played with me, helped okay. me win a national championship. Wow. Jalen Johnson, Chicago Bears. So were Bears. you viewed as a Hollywood team, sort of like a, an I LA-based would, I, team? They knew we were coming. Let's yeah. just put it that way. Okay. They knew we were coming, Skip. Mm. Let's put it that way. All right. So to sum this up, we have not heard from Cam. Should we hear from Cam? Does he owe um, the, the, the league? I would the, like the, to. 
hear Cam's explanation yeah. because I think it'll be similar to this explanation by these two young men. Except he'll say that he did not try to choke the guy or whatever. Maybe he will say. The dude walked up on him and he was going to defend himself. Yeah. Maybe he did say that. But I, I would say that it's probably going to be close to what this, uh, these two individuals are saying. Because yeah. that's the... I know it sounds weird when you say the culture of it. it yeah. But it, it's the DNA, the fabric of 707. It's just... You, you, you got to go see it to really... You know what? what I'm you, you, you kind of got me hooked yeah. to where I, I'd like to go. And I, it's all over. I, I might pay to watch it's it, It's all over the country, right? Yeah, I know. It, it's the Vegas tournaments. Yeah. It's the Redondo Beach tournaments. It's the Florida tournaments. Okay, it's why I've asked you before. Can you ever see the NFL going to a flaggish sort of football, a two-hand no, touch? absolutely I mean, okay, not. But this works, right? This, it this is... it, it works. Okay. The, 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 the game that we see now in the NFL and the quarterbacks being able to come right mm -hmm. in and throw the football all over the place as well as college, it starts with the 707. Because all you're doing is throwing. Yeah. You, you might run the football three times in one game. It's, it's actually because, listen, I've sat or stood on the sidelines at many a camp practice watching seven on seven because it's fun to watch. No, it's, 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 because it's good. It's just receivers, DBs. It's and receivers it's just, and DBs. It, it's just like. The competition, the one-on-one -on -one competition, you can just see it. You, my, you can see, you can watch Michael Irvin against Deion Sanders. My program know? was more. My program was more about developing, yeah. developing yeah. the players to get ready for them to go on and go to college. Whether it was uh, Michael Thomas to Ohio State or yeah. Jordan Payton at UCLA or, yeah. or whatever the case is, Greg Townsend Jr. was a yeah. defense alignment that played in my 707 because he had the mechanics and the footwork to play the linebacker position for us, and he wanted to be a how, part of how it. How do you rush the passer in 7 you, seven? you don't rush the passer. Mm -hmm. Depending on the tournament, you might yeah. get one blitzer. You might get to blitz the quarterback one time on, on, on one particular series. That's really much, okay, pretty but, much it. Okay, but can anybody rush? Do you have to do 1,001, 1,000? It's a clock. Yeah, it's a okay, clock yeah, like when they... You snap it, the clock goes, you got to get rid of football X amount of seconds. In, oh, they have to throw it in. Oh, you got to get rid of it. Okay. You got to get right. rid of it, throw it somewhere. Okay, but nobody's rushing the pass. No, you might, like I said, you might get, you get one, one blitzer, blitzer. Okay. here or there, depending on the tournament. It just okay. depends on the tournament. Do you, do you have sacks? Can, can you two-hand touch him down? Or? If you can blitz him and yeah. sack him, you two-hand okay. touch him. Okay. But for the most part, there's no blitzing. The clock is... Your, the clock is your defender, yeah. your defensive line for the guy to get the football out. Guys would sit there, like I had Josh Rosen on my, I was Coach Josh. Josh would sit there to the point where you would think I was a raging lunatic because I would, cur like, you know, it would be one of those, I, why I are you holding the blanking ball Well, I was saying so that long. to him when he was playing for UCLA. But he, you know, he'd sit there and he's, yeah. it's like, it's 707, get rid of the football. Yeah. Why are you holding it? But it's about teaching tools. If you remember, Antonio Pierce was one of my first defensive coordinators that I had employed along with Brian Kelly, my former teammate with the Bucks yeah. in USC. We put the thing together. It's just all about teaching, man. It shouldn't come to this. It shouldn't get to that level at all, mm -hmm. but it becomes competitive nature because, again, Skip, yeah. they're trying to beat you. They're not trying to beat the team. No. I'm sorry it came to this. Me too. And, and I want to stress that the top-shelf statement that they posted – was extremely apologetic. Yes. Even though they say Cam initiated, they, yeah. they were still, they said it was out of our character and we don't want this because it's a great thing they're doing. 
and and they know it, and they don't want to ruin it in the public's eyes. It's fun to watch. You man, got me hooked. Man, man, I done played right. against Teddy Bridgewater, yeah. Shazier, Amari yeah. Cooper, Trent Irwin, St. Brown, Equinenius. Yeah. I, I done played against all these dudes in the NFL. Yeah. My team's played against all of them, it's and it's fun. And you can see at that age, you're like, he going to play on Sundays. Okay, well, there you go. So. I'm coming next time. When, do you, when are you back? You kick off in January. January? Yeah. Okay, all right. Okay, up next, we got to talk about this. The Bears GM, Ryan Poles, he, he now says he's actively seeking a trade for Justin Fields. How would Justin Fields feel about that? No mercy, no mercy, no mercy. When it comes to travel, we all know that feeling of wanting to escape to our happy place. Whether it's hitting the beach, the ski slopes, or just kicking it with your crew in a tropical paradise. And Priceline wants you to get there and be very happy with a happy price. So you never have to miss a trip. Let me tell you, Priceline has got your back to make it all happen. My happy place is Cabo San Lucas, Mexico. Picture this. Crystal clear waters, golden sands, and sun shining down on you like it's your personal spotlight. That's right. Cabo is my ultimate happy place. And you know what makes it even better? Priceline's VIP family feature. You heard it from me. That's right. VIP treatment for you and your squad. Imagine being with your crew, soaking up the sun and living your best life. And while scoring deals up to five times faster, it's like scoring a game-winning touchdown on vacation. Now, who am I taking with me to Cabo? To that epic trip, that adventure? My boys, my ride or dies, my crew. Ones who've been there through thick and thin from the beginning to the end. I'm not taking any kids, no kids, just me and the boys living it up. So what are you waiting for? Download the Priceline app today and save up to 60% off select hotels and go to your favorite happy price with Priceline. Make some memories that'll last a lifetime. Cabo ain't ready for me or us, but we're ready for Cabo. Thanks to Priceline, the real MVP of travel. And now it's your turn. Hashtag Undisputed Live. Here we go with our first tweet of the day from Coach Edwards. Skip hitting game winners, debating Keyshawn segment after segment. That's my favorite, Jordan. Where the hell are you in the game with Man, please. Yeah, I know Keyshawn De- begs Debating me. Thank you, Coach. I appreciate yeah, that. Stop it. Somebody sees the truth out there. From Robert Merrill, who says, Keyshawn sitting through basketball class 101 with the GOAT, Black Mamba. This is from your rookie year yeah. and his. Yeah, our rookie year. Yeah. That's, that, that's a Photoshop from our uh, first commercial we shot together. Okay. Back in 96. And what was it for? It was, it was a... Um, it was a media training session. Oh yeah, yeah. That we I did. Remember this. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It was pretty cool though. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Because we were supposed to be like, kind of just passive and quiet, and they were teaching us how to be disrespectful to the media. Yeah. How did it worked Kobe, out pretty good for how me? How did though. Kobe interact with you at that? Point? Oh, that's my guy. That was yeah. my guy. Yeah. Did you know each other before this? I yeah, because we we both came out of class in '96. Oh, me, yeah. him, Iverson, all of us. Yeah. We all came out in '96. So that's when I first met him. Right around at the end of 90, right around the end of 95. Yeah. You know, that's when I met him, and then we became friends from there. He went on and did okay, didn't he? Not bad. Not bad. Not bad. All right, and finally from Jared. 
Justin Fields on his way out of Chicago. I don't know, friends, but I'm told that's their sign for you know what. See, you and I both. I have no idea I with Friends, I, I, Seinfeld, none of that stuff. I, I know Seinfeld. A I don't. Bit. I have no. I know who he is, yeah. but I don't know anything about the show. And everybody tells me, "Oh, the best show ever." I'm like, not on my TV. Well, it lasted a long time. I understand. Yeah. I know Seinfeld's made a ton of money and yeah. awards and. But it's not interesting to me. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. To each his own. All right, to Chicago, its own, because the GM Ryan Poles went public yesterday to reporters at the Combine with his willingness to trade Justin Fields. Here's what Poles had to say. It just depends on what opportunities pop up. Um, I will say this. Um, I think you guys know me uh, well enough now. I do, if we go down that road, um, I want to do right by Justin as well. Uh, no one wants to live in gray. Um, I know that's uncomfortable. I wouldn't want to be in that situation either. So uh, we'll gather the information. We'll move um, as quickly as possible. We're not going to be in a rush um, and see what presents itself and what's best for the organization. Wow. Keyshawn, how would you feel if you were Justin Fields and you heard that? Well, first of all, Skip, it all starts with communication. Communicate with me. The words that I want to say, I can't say on TV. Mm. Don't play games with me. No. You're an adult. I'm an adult. I'm a big man. You're a big man. Let's have a conversation. Because when there's smoke, there's fire. Okay? You didn't say, please, we're not no. trade Justin Fields. Are you out of your mind? We're getting ready to build around our franchise quarterback. You didn't say that. No, he said the opposite. You said the opposite. Yeah. We're, okay. we're, we're open for bids. You those know, like, those yeah. conversations at the, at the Combine mm -hmm. are happening not just with Ryan Poles about Justin Fields, but other players and other sure. general managers. But you don't know about it. Devontae Adams, mm -hmm. general manager, said, I'm not out of here. Yeah. Get out of here. Yeah. He's not for sale. Well, not for sale. That tells you right then and there he's invested in Devontae Adams. What Ryan Poles is doing is playing poker Mm -hmm. but also leaving his quarterback in that gray area. He says he doesn't want to leave the quarterback here. I've been traded before, okay, for two number one picks of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, right before the draft, right before the combine, in the middle of all this. What did you know about it before it happened? I knew that they were going to trade me because they were not going to set a precedent for, to redo my contract with two years left. I had outperformed my contract, and I wanted more money. I just, you know, I performed it. I'm not going to play on this contract after I've done what I've done. I've shown you I can play. Let's figure out a deal. Bill simply said to me, I can't set a precedent and tear up your deal with two years left in it. And now I have a herd of players coming in here that plays well, says I need a new deal. I need a deal. So there's an understanding there for me and him. But what I will do is I will move you so you can get your money. We can get picks to build the franchise. Mm. But what I need you to do is work out. Keep doing what you're doing. Don't worry about it. I'll work it out with Jerome. And just stay doing that. Don't say anything. This was in the off-season? This was in the off-season. Same right. time period. All right. Same time period. I would do everything right by you. Don't worry about it. I got mm. the Green Bay Packers on the hook. Yeah. I got Baltimore on the hook. Mm. And I got a couple other teams. Let's talk in a few weeks. And let's figure it out. And, that, and don't say anything to anybody. Okay, that's called communication. That's called communication. Yeah. Now, okay. Ryan Poles is communicating with Justin Fields, which I don't know if he did or not. 
Justin Fields certainly seems like, feels like to me, that communication hasn't been there because no. he completely scrubbed. That's the new thing, scrubbing your social media. He scrubbed his social he media of the Chicago Bears stuff, but he also went on the St. Brown Brothers podcast. It, Justin Fields said this about the Atlanta Falcons, which is a destination that he's rumored to. He goes, I think they've got a lot of playmakers on the team, of course. Bijan, which is the running back, Robinson. They've got my boy Kyle Pitts, which is the slash tight end receiver. Of course, they got Drake London, USC Trojan. They probably need one more receiver, but they definitely got some guys over there, and their defense was really good this year, too. So when you hear that, I'm from Atlanta, you know. So now I'm like talking about a team. Yeah that I might want to go to because I'm not being told anything by the Chicago Bears. So that tells me right there there's no real communication that's going on, and this could completely be a disaster for Ryan Poles. It could completely be a disaster. Mm. And I like Ryan. It's feeling like the bridge is at least on fire between Justin and the Bears, if not burned to the ground. We're... Let's just say that Ryan Poles tries to create a bidding war for Justin Fields to see what, what's the best offer I can get, and I'm going to go there. What if he doesn't get anything that he loves, and he finally decides, you know what, let's just go ahead and take Marvin Harrison Jr. Let, let's go ahead and let's stick with Justin Fields. If I'm Justin Fields, I'm so unhappy with the way I'm being treated that it's going to be hard for me to get my heart back into playing for the Chicago it, Bears. It's, it's always, Skip. And I, and I try to tell you and I try to tell Michael all the time. It, Michael's never been traded, so he doesn't know. He only knows one team, and that's a star. It's very difficult when you're disrespected to walk back into a building with the same people that you're looking at every single day and think that, oh, I'm just money's going to solve everything. Especially if you're it's the not. quarterback. It's, it's not. hard. Exactly. And his te- here's the problem in Chicago. Number one. They got rid of, they clean house on the offensive side of the ball. So that means that they scrubbed everybody on the offensive side of the ball. Mm-hmm. Now you're bringing in new coordinators and new everybody's because you didn't develop the quarterback. So now you go and you draft Jaden Daniels, Caleb Williams, and anybody else. And they don't have a successful rookie campaign. Are you keeping Eberflus as your head coach? Probably not. No. Because he's already on the hot seat. Yep. Which means that you now put a new offensive staff together. So if I'm coming in as a new head coach, I'm going to fire that entire offensive staff that you just hired, along with the defense. I'm bringing my own people in. And now the second-year quarterback that you drafted has to start all over again again. Mm. So guess what his position is? He's in the position that Justin Fields was once in with Matt Nagy. Yep. So you keep doing this to this quarterback, which <clears> – <throat> He's there's Patrick Mahomes at the moon, and then there's the second tier of guys. Justin Fields isn't far off that second tier. He only played with one viable guy in DJ Moore that says that dude can play. DJ Moore coming out the own locker room and saying he can play. Now Ryan Poles can be smart and trade the number one overall pick because you're not gonna get the same value for Justin Fields as you are the number one overall pick. And what I mean by that, Skip, is if I move off the number one pick, I can get just you name it. What do you want? 
I, I can get three ones. I can get future ones. I can get some twos. Probably. I can get all. Mm-hmm. I can get my two back if for sweat. Are you keeping I, Justin Fields? Yeah, I'm yeah, keeping okay. Justin Fields, but I'm taking that one, and that one is going to give me, I don't know, I'm going to throw a number out there, six picks. A couple ones, a two or three, maybe a five, a flip here. Remember the Shanahan's for Trey Lance gave three ones and a three, I think it was. I, okay, yeah. I'm getting picks. Mm-hmm. But if I move Justin Fields, I'm going to get a two and a four, a five. That ain't that. that no, that, no, it's, you're not going to get a lot. No, no. But he can play. You have to take a step back and realize we don't have anything around him. He's going to be with three, four different coordinators, couple head coaches. Like you cannot do a disservice to a young man that has the ability of a Justin Fields. Yeah. You can't. I understand this. You passed on Patrick Mahomes once for I think Mitch Trubisky or whatever the case is. And you're now scared to pass on Patrick Mahomes 2.0. Well, that ain't Pat. Stop. Stop with the Patrick Mahomes 2.0. Don't fall for the okie doke believing you got to do that when you got something that's already there. But just I, But I'm not the general manager. It ain't my job on the line. No. I'm just here to give you the news, not make the news. All right. I'm going to say it again. Caleb Williams will be better than Justin Fields, but he won't be worlds better than Justin Fields. I don't know that. I don't know that to be true. Well, I I believe he will. be. Okay, I understand. And yet Justin Fields started to impress me, especially later this past season, because he started to get a hold of it with DJ Moore because he hadn't had a DJ Moore. So I'm giving you that, that I started to see what I didn't see before, because I don't know if he's a great thrower of the football. And the year before, he was running like Eric Dickerson. Like, I, I, I couldn't believe, like a long strider. He would get unleashed, and you'd say, my God, that, that's hard to, to deal with. Okay, last year, he started to throw the football the way he did in, in spurts at, at Ohio State. And, and yet, I will give you this, after you read me those quotes from that podcast, if you did send him to Atlanta and he does get to connect with Bijan and Drake and Kyle Pitts, Lord have mercy, it, it, it would be a sweet fit. What if, you, what if you sent him to Pittsburgh? Yeah. With Mike Tomlin okay. and Najee Harris yeah, you, and uh, what they have. Yeah. What if you did that? Yeah, plus you'd have a defense, a better defense. Yeah. Right. But Atlanta's yeah, defense yeah. was okay. But what if you did that, though? Yeah. I don't know, just the fit of him being from, he's from a suburb of Atlanta, but he's from the Atlanta area. You, you put him there with that kind of firepower, they could go places. Of so, so if I'm Atlanta, I, and we're, you know what? These conversations are probably transpiring as we speak. Do you think he had good coaching in Chicago? Mm-hmm. No, because the coach no. is the defensive coach to no. start with. I yeah. watched him in training camp. Yeah. I was in Chicago. I went to their training camp. Yeah. Okay? And I saw that. And I said, this has got to be one of the worst teams that I, I went to see. The Rams in training camp, the Cowboys in training camp, Chicago in training camp, and I said that out of all the three, Chicago was the worst team. And guess what? They were the worst team. Yep. Because the Rams went to the playoffs, mm-hmm. and so did the Cowboys. Chicago was the worst team. Yep. I mean, the receivers were out there playing volleyball with the football, which means they're batting it down even though it's in their hands. <laughs> I'm watching it, and I'm looking at it, and I'm saying, yeah. there's no way that they're going to survive this right here. But the last five or six games, they started to look like a football team. Maybe they started playing better. And if that's an indication of what can roll over into the next year, why would you 
dismantle the offensive coaching staff, bring in a new coaching staff, and then bring in a new quarterback. But then if it don't go well, you're going to fire everybody. And now that Caleb, Jaden, whoever it is, has to yeah, start I, all over I don't again. even know if they're fixated on Caleb. It may be Jaden. Heck, be it may be Drake May. It may be Drake. Whoever it is, yeah. if, you move off of, if you move off of Justin, <clears throat> they're going to be starting over again in 2025 any damn way. Yeah. Because they're not going to be good enough. Hey. All I know is with remarks like that that we just heard from Ryan Poles, that gray area that he's talking about, you just put Justin Fields in that gray area and you hung him out to dry in yeah. a way I don't think you can get back. It, 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 you know what's so funny? That I, it, this, this is like the Kyle Steve Wilkes deal. Yeah. Simple question. Is he your defensive coordinator? Don't give me the, don't give me the well, everybody's under contract. Don't do that. Just say, no, I'm getting rid of him. And two hours later, you get rid of him. You called it. Just That day we first discussed yes, it. Yes. Yeah. This is the same thing. Just say, yeah, we, we, we're looking at all our options, and I've talked to Justin, and, and we're in the same you know, uh, communication level, and we're going to do right by him. If there's an opportunity, yeah, we're going to move. Clearly, he was sending a signal to everybody, we're open for business. You want to bid? Join the auction. He's trying to create an auction for Justin Fields because he but has what decided happens, it's But over. what happens in that situation, though, Skip, is if all of a sudden you don't get the offers that you need for Justin and you have to take him back after you already undangle him out there, no. that's not going to feel good. No. It's just not. It'll be bad blood from this It'll point It'll be forward. bad. Yeah. It won't be good. No, no. Okay, we haven't spoken about this team in too long, I guess. Oh, God. I'm dreading speaking about it next because Stephen Jones, as in Jerry Jones' son, says he's full speed ahead on a new long-term DAC deal. Just shoot me. $60 million a year, 300 fully yeah. guaranteed. Why not? No mercy, no mercy, no mercy. Stephen Jones made it clear yesterday at the Combine that he and his father, Jerry, have no plans to replace Dak Prescott. Here's what Stephen said. You got a guy like Dak, uh, you know, who's the, you know, who is the uh, leader of this football team. Uh, it's always great to have him back. Uh, he certainly does everything in his ways to uh, make everybody better. Our whole thing with Dak is him being a cowboy. That's all that's on our mind. Keyshawn Johnson, this should make you very happy. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Why wouldn't it, Skip? Why so wouldn't you it? can ridicule me Monday after matter. Monday after playoff Monday. You, 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 you. So what you're essentially saying is it's all Dak's fault that y'all keep getting bounced from the playoffs. So Dak, plays, is Dak has played for the Cowboys for 30 years, huh? Primarily his fault in the last three. You just literally mm -hmm. almost made me use a word mm -hmm. that I cannot use mm -hmm. on television. How can you blame Dak Prescott? I might use the same word about Dak Prescott. How could you? Mm -hmm. You know, there was quarterbacks before Dak Prescott in the yeah. same situations. Mm -hmm. There was guys like Tony Romo, okay? There was guys like Drew Bledsoe. There was guys like Quincy Carter. <laughs> I could go on and on and on about that position and not taking you to where you were with Troy and Roger Starback and Thank Emmett you. to Keep a degree, going. even Danny Keep White. Going. I could go on Don and on Meredith. and on. Don well, I wasn't a damn Don Meredith. That was okay. way before my time. But, I, yes, you're you, correct. You saw him I on know. Monday Night Football. I saw him yeah. enough to know, yeah. okay, he's a cowboy. He's in the ring yeah. of honor, Hall of yeah. Fame. Got it. But you can't sit here and blame it on Dak Prescott. What you do 
too much, Skip, is you try to point the finger at Dak when your defense isn't playing well, you're not running the football well, your offensive line is in and out of the lineup because they can't stay healthy, your coaches are making bad decisions at times, calling timeouts at the wrong time, not calling timeouts when they're supposed to, throwing the football when they're supposed to be running it, running when they're supposed to be throwing it, but you want to blame Dak for all of this. Mm. You want to blame him for all this when the owner just sat there and said, when Dak Prescott is our leader and he's in the building and he's a part of this team, we all feel good. Mm-hmm. Like, you got to stop. Mm, got to start. No, you don't. Who the hell are you going to get? Like, what are you talking about? You really think Trey Lance is the answer? He the Cooper be. Rush? So you ready to start the franchise all over again because you're not satisfied with postseason play mm-hmm. over the last couple years of your team. Mm. Because the guy that we talk about as the top reigning this and that on defense yeah. hasn't shown up to the level he has that he would that that we all envision him on the defense. But that's Dak Prescott. Dak is the one rushing the passer. Just like I told you, you say, well, Trayvon Diggs, we lost him, so that's why Arizona beat us. Mm. I didn't know that Trayvon Diggs was playing linebacker and tackle, mm. defensive tackle, and all. I thought he was only on the island. They ran the ball for 200 and some, 222 yards. Yeah. And but you blame Dak. Stunk in that game. Oh, but you blaming Dak for 222. Mm. Come on, Skip. Man, you got to stop. Yes, they need to pay him. <sighs> they need to give him a new deal. Okay, his current deal is getting ready to run out after next season. Yeah. So you want to extend him. You have to extend him to be able to sign Micah Parsons, to be able to get into the free agent market and really make some hay, to be able to sign his top receiver in mm-hmm. C.D. Lamb. Yeah. You, you got to extend him, and you're going to have to pay him. And I'm not saying he has to be the highest-paid quarterback in the National Football League because that's only going to last a day because Patrick Mahomes is going to leapfrog that because that's part of his contract. He can't be underpaid. He's going to be a top-four-paid quarterback in the league. Just great. So I will be mired in misery for the next, God knows, four years, five years, whatever it is, and you will come in here gloating. Sunday after Sunday, because we will be just good enough to get annihilated in some playoff game. That's what happens year after year after year. Keyshawn, he you know, and I know. you 30 years, though, Skip. Keyshawn, even you have said on occasion on this show, yeah, there's just something missing in Dak Prescott. Because there is. There's some little thing missing. But there's something if, missing if in everybody. If we want to go to Nobody's the promised perfect. land, I got it. I got it. But after a while... It's like the old saying, you fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Fool me three times, shame on Jerry and Stephen Jones because they are shaming and shaming and shaming us because we're throwing good money after bad. What have I seen? I've seen three straight playoff games, and I'm going to show you what sticks in my craw and, and eats me alive is that Dak Prescott takes you to the precipice and then you fall off the cliff. So he takes you to the precipice. You, you got a home game against San Francisco. This is before they're the 49ers. This is Jimmy G at quarterback. And we're going back now three playoffs ago. And here's the second quarter. And whoops, 
Okay, there's the first one, and that puts you in in a hole where you're about to fall down 23-7. to Then the game ends with, of course, Dak running and running and running and not having the presence to get down quite in time to give you one last shot at the end zone, to give you one yeah, last that, sort but, of but hail But the there. referee screwed that up. Did. I, the ref screwed that, that up. Skip, day. don't do this. But, but you can't put the ref Skip, in position to no, screw it up. No, stop. Skip, the ref screwed okay. that up. He did perfect, man. Okay, he did not do perfect. you got to get down two seconds earlier to give yourself a shot. Okay. All right. Now we're still going. We're still going. This is at San Francisco, and we got two picks in the second quarter that just eat me alive in a game we only lost 19 to 12, and we put miscommunication. In a hole. Okay. Here's Green Bay. First quarter, late first quarter. Whoops. Okay. That's There's a great play one. by the defender. It was a great play. And here's Darnell Savage. Thank you very Bad much. Bad read Dak. by Thank Dak. Thank you, Dak. Thank Bad you, Dak. read by Dak. And great all read of a sudden, by the DB. Guess what the score is? It's 27 to freaking nothing. In, in late in the first half in a home playoff game, that is inexcusable. So my point is this. I have seen this same movie three straight times with him, and I have seen what Kyle Shanahan did because he went to the Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo. He got all the way to up 20 to 10 in the fourth quarter of a Super Bowl, and they blew it. To Patrick Mahomes, they lost 31 to 20. And you know what he did? He said, I've seen enough. He got us to 20 to 10. He got us to Dak the precipice. Dak Prescott runs circles okay. around Jimmy Garoppolo. Okay, but, but guess what? They just said, you know what? We're going to spend three first-round picks and a third. We're going to go up and, and get dude, Trey Lance. And guess what? He now on y'all bench. I know. He's and, now on y'all bench. So what does what? that say about the great Shanahan's evaluation of a quarterback? What, what they, does that say? What if they were right? Right about What? What if they if were they right about right, Trey Lance? If they was right about Trey Lance, he wouldn't be wearing a damn cowboy uniform three years later. Well, he'd still be a 49er if they hadn't hit the lottery with the last pick in the draft. You didn't hit the lottery in the last pick in the draft till you start playing him because Trey Lance was the starter at the start of the season. He got hurt. And then they, then they figured out after Jimmy Garoppolo got hurt yeah. that the third dude on the team gave them what they were looking for and the other two guys yeah. – after they spent a haul to go get Trey Lance and a boatload of money for Jimmy Garoppolo. So this whole notion of they knew that Brock Purdy was going to be Brock Purdy. That's what you want me to believe. You want the people of the world out there watching this show and listening to you to believe, well, I mean, they, I said they just you, lucked into you it. You want us to believe that they sat back, yeah. let him fall to this last pick. Yeah. We know he's going to take us to the Super Bowl. I, I told you, that's as lucky as you can get. That's okay, the so luckiest you, so, pick, that's the so luckiest pick be, in the history of football be, other than Tom Brady. You want to be that naive, because I don't want to call you stupid. Mm. I think I'm that or, smart. Or better yet, delusional. Somebody I'll use delusional say, word. You want to be that delusional to think that the Dallas Cowboys in, in, in Will Clayton them should sit back and look for a quarterback at the bottom of the seventh round to take y'all to the promised land. When you got a guy who hey. was just in the MVP conversation two months ago. You know what? Stop, Skip. When you least expect it, when you most need him to be Dak Prescott, he turns into Duck Prescott. He throws ducks, ducks of interceptions. He turns has into... He, has he had bad playoff games? Yes. Yes, he has. Yes. Is he the classic garbage man? Because that's what he was. Do you remember what happened against Green Bay in this disaster of a playoff game? Guess what Dak Prescott did in the second half? He saved himself in Jerry and Steven's eyes because guess what he did in the second half? He throws for, you ready for this? He goes 
28 of 39. He threw yeah. almost 40 passes yeah. in the second half. You that had gave to. him 316 you yards because you're down 20. It was 27 yeah. to 7 and a half. But the 27 wasn't all on him. You got a defense stop some damn body. He threw a pick six. That's, that's six okay. points. All right. So in the Not second 27. half, he throws for 316 and two touchdowns without an interception. And guess what? Ladies and gentlemen, we're down 48 to 16 early in the fourth quarter. And it winds up 48 to 32. And somehow Jerry delusionally goes home and says, you know what? I, I think he can do this. Let's try it again. Let's run it back with Dak. Let's do it again because I'm 81 and I don't have many more chances here. So what? give me, so give me, give me. Stop give me. it. So, Just stop it. You got to pull the plug, man. At some point. If you care about winning Super Bowls, you say, I've seen enough. You just said, I've seen plug. enough. Pull yep. the plug on a guy yeah. that was just in the MVP conversation. Yeah. So, That's what I said, because he so did it they, again. So should Buffalo pull the plug? Okay, what, what's your priority Should Buffalo here? pull the plug on Josh Allen? What's your goal? Should Buffalo pull the plug on Josh Allen? Don't I throw your hands talking, up. Give me an answer. I know, but we're not talking about Josh I'm Allen. I'm talking about a quarterback. Should they pull the plug? I, I, I'll take Josh Allen over That's Dak That's not Preston. what I asked you. I'll take it. No, they should not, because I'll take him. If they you trade, should not. Do you think Buffalo would trade Josh that's not, for Dak? It's a simple question. No, well, that's, I'm okay, turning that's it. it back Stop. on you. Stop for me yeah. for one second. You said no. They shouldn't, right? Yeah. But the Dallas But he's Cowboys, better than Dak Prescott. So why would you pull the plug on him? You're leading the league since you've been in the league in total turnovers, but he's better than Dak Prescott. Yeah, he is. He's just more talented than Dak Prescott. Okay. And he played pretty well against Patrick What the Mahomes. hell has I thought he, he won. outplayed Patrick What the Mahomes hell has he won? Nothing. Nothing. Okay. I but you, you trying to tell me. All I'm trying to do is I'll compare. All I'm trying to do is compare Who, the two who's quarterbacks. Better? Who's better, Josh Allen or Dak Prescott? I think they're about the same to me. They are not the same. Oh, for real? For real. Why? Because Josh thinking, Allen runs the football a little yeah, bit better? A lot better. A lot better. You yeah. can say a lot. I say a little. They, they, Dak Prescott does not turn the football over nowhere near the no. rate that Josh Allen does, ago, Skip. He did lead the league in interceptions. Uh, he led yeah. the league in interceptions that one year, okay? Mm -hmm. He had a bad stretch run where he turned it over a lot. Prior to that, no. Post that, no. Don't do this, Skip. Okay, Who are well, you going to get? Okay, your goal is to have the Cowboys be mediocre. <laughs> My goal is for them to actually go win a Super Bowl. Right? I don't give a blank yeah. about what the Cowboys mm. do. Because as I tell you, I told Michael, I'll tell you again. I'll be in New Orleans regardless if the Cowboys get there or not. I'm just trying to get you to realize and understand you got a quarterback that you talking about they should get rid of mm -hmm. and move on from, mm -hmm. but you ain't giving me no answers to the replacement. To the replacement? Well, I'd love to see Trey Lance get a shot. I, I loved him coming out of North Dakota State. You can go look it up. All right. You, you go ahead. And they validated you me. You go ahead because yeah. clearly mm -hmm. the people that's in charge don't think the same way you think. Mm. Well, They don't think they – and I yeah. would think they've been very successful as owners of the Dallas Cowboys. Well, the people in charge haven't been to a Super Bowl in 30 years. But I would think – They haven't been to an NFC Championship game in 29 years. I would think, years. Skip, yeah. that they know a little bit – little bit about what they want to do at the quarterback position more than you do. No, they don't. How could they not? No, they don't. Well, look at Jerry. Jerry's been groping for quarterbacks for years. So they shouldn't have kept Tony Romo either. They should have got rid of him a long time ago, too. I never was a Romo fan. You never was a Romo mm -hmm. fan, mm -hmm. even though. The Romo coaster? Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, God. So, so you want him to go all of a sudden and, and go with Trey. I mean, that even, you sound crazy. No, no, I don't sound crazy. Because the Shanahan's, there, are, there are other ways to go. The guys you that you decide. look at it, the guys that you look at, and you're always telling me the Shanahan's are the smartest guys in offense and this and that, and they, 
they got rid of him. Hey, I, I mean, maybe if people love Dak Prescott the way you do, well, then if you put him on the trading block, man, who knows who, who might swoop in? That, that, gonna, maybe you could go up and get gonna, Caleb Williams. They're going to swoop in. Yeah, but good. you're going to start the clock all over again. Good. Let's and now it. you're going to be into the 50th year yeah. before you win a Super no. Bowl Mm-mm. or even advance to an NFC championship. It could game. be three years from now because we're going nowhere with Dak. You think Dak will ever win a Super Bowl? I think he has the potential to win a Super Bowl. Yeah. I do. But so did Brad Johnson. Brad won a Super Bowl. I know, because he had that defense and he had you. But you're supposed to have a defense. Yeah. You're supposed to. Yeah. You claim that y'all was the best defense at the start of the season. Mm -hmm. Money can buy. Yep, I loved him. Michael Parsons was a a front runner for defensive uh, MVP, defensive player of the year. Huge disappointment. Okay. As was Dan Quinn. Now Dan Quinn. Y'all. Well, he was. Y'all unbelievable. And he got a head coaching job off a disappointing year. I don't know that I would call the defensive side of the ball for the Dallas Cowboys a disappointing year. They had a decent defense. Yeah. Not a disappointing defense. Oh, okay. They didn't have the top defense in the league. Green but they Bay had a came very in and ran defense. them off the field. Okay, matchups sometimes. Yep. That, that happens, though, Skip. Mm. But back to this quarterback, they're going to pay him. I know. And he's going to get every single cent. Yep. That he deserved. They're that stuck. he earned. They are stuck with Dak Prescott. Wh- whatever you yeah. want to call it. Yeah. So won't you pick another team then? We'll be pretty good. Well, I already told you. you. I, I'm on record. I'm saying, you know, the Packers are starting to intrigue me. Mm. Our man Lil Wayne, I'm saying, I might just join you on the bandwagon because I love Jordan Love. Yeah, you love him today. Tomorrow you'll be talking about Jordan Love. They should get rid of him and go get no, some won't. other dude. No, I will not. I can't believe They're, they're you, going places. I can't believe that you feel like you really need to get rid of Dak Prescott. Oh, come on. Well, who wouldn't? You, you don't think about three-fourths of Cowboy Nation doesn't feel that way right now? No, I, I don't. Yeah, I, do. I think do. you do. I don't think no. the people in that locker room feel that way. I don't know about that. I don't think, the team, yeah. I don't think his teammates feel that way. I don't know about that. I don't that. think the owner feel that way. Plus, well, what is the owner showing you? Okay, 30 years? Really? Okay. So a team that was built by Jimmy won three Super Bowls that should have been five. And then that's it. That's all we got to show, right? And he's still the general manager. If, if Jerry weren't the owner, would he have fired the general manager, Jerry Jones, a long time ago? Sure he would have. Probably for some, yeah. of, the, probably yeah. some of the coaching hires that yeah. along the way. Yeah. Probably some of the coaching hires yeah. along the way he probably would have fired him. Yeah. But as far as collecting talent, they've done a tremendous job on collecting yep. the talent. Well, I always think Dallas does a good job, whether it's free agency or the draft. They've drafted very well. Or the draft. Yeah, they yeah. do a good job. Yeah. Not so, free agency, but drafting. No, but they don't go big in they free don't. agency. They don't. Pl- they the don't believe in it. The little pieces that they do plug in free agency, yeah. they've done a good job at. Yeah. I'm stuck with the garbage man. Duck Prescott. Okay, up next, we discuss the NFL Combine. Is it underrated or, as I always say, way overrated? No mercy, no mercy, no mercy. As we celebrate Black History Month, I'd like to highlight Ernie Barnes, artist, offensive lineman, and Renaissance man. In 1959, Barnes graduated with an art degree and was drafted by the Baltimore Colts. From there, Barnes paints, draws, and plays offensive linemen for the Titans, Chargers, and Broncos, where his nickname is Big Rembrandt. Once retired, he was hired by the Jets just to paint, and by the end of the year, he launches his first exhibit in New York. His art career 
is prolific in production, underappreciated by the art elite, but widely seen as his work graces album covers, the credits of Good Times, prints, and Olympic posters. His most famous painting sold for $15 million, and you can see Barnes's work in galleries and museums across the country, including the Football Hall of Fame. Ernie Barnes, artist, athlete, and American icon. Another year, another NFL combine. Keyshawn Johnson, scale of 1 to 10, how important is the combine to evaluating a potential draftee? I think it's a 7. Okay. And, and I'm not talking about necessarily the on-field portion of it. I'm talking about the interviews, things of that nature. That's important to be able to interview somebody, to be able to talk to them, understand them. Who are they? What they're about? Do they like football? Do they not like football? Where are you going in life? All of those sort of things are extremely important. Yep. Right? You could, you could have all of these guys in one place to be able to do that because you're only allowed a certain amount of visits to the actual facility in the city. So you can't get every receiver into the room at your complex. But you can get every receiver that's at the combine or every DB or every lineman at the combine to sit down with you to talk to them. And as I've always said to you, the, 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 the evaluation process started once the NFL season was over. Right? When you look at it, face-to-face -face communication is extremely important because I can ask you questions because I can watch the film. I don't need to see you as a T-shirt All-American. I can watch you. I don't, what, what I want to watch you run around for? I know you can spin the football. I've watched, you, I've watched you at practice when you were in college. I got tons of tape on you. But I want to I wanna look at you in your eyes. And I want to ask you certain questions. You know, and I go back to my combine experience. And, 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 or covering the combine and covering the draft at ESPN and being in those rooms and looking at those players and talking and asking them questions. My combine experience is a little different than others. But mine was such that asking me the questions, like there's one, Skip, where one of the questions was, well, there's two that, I, that stick to my mind. What would I do if I saw a cat in the tree that was stuck? Would I climb the tree to get the cat down and help the cat? Would I... It's not walk past or what? Wait, what, your, your answer won over the Jets? Wait, let me Is finish, that, though. Okay. I, yeah. I, it, it, might not, it wasn't even the Jets. It was, right. a, a, it was just, I don't even know okay. what team it was. All right. But if I would get the cat out the tree, call 911 for the fire department, or I'd go on about my business. You know what I said? I'm going about my business. It's none of my business. It's, I, I, I love animals. Great. But I'm not going up in a tree and risking something happening to me to go get a cat that climbed his ass up the tree on his own. That was okay. basically my answer. Mm -hmm. Then another one was, and they were like, the, the guy I remember, he's like, yeah, that's the type of guy. Another one was, and I won't name a specific team, but it was fascinating because I remember this one. It was about me growing up in South Los Angeles, which at the time was South Central LA, but now it's renamed South Los Angeles. He said, if you saw a wallet on the ground, okay, would you pick it up take the money out, put it back on the ground, would you pick it up and return it to its rightful owner? What do you think I said? I, I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm going to take the money out, and I'm going to put it back on the ground, and I'm going to keep it moving. And you know what that dude said? We got to draft him mm -hmm. because he's honest, and he tells the truth mm -hmm. about what he would do, opposed to 
They knew my person. They knew they had everything already in their back pocket. They was waiting for me to say, well, I'm going to call Dave and give it back to him. They already knew that was phony baloney. Mm. They knew I was going to take the money, put it in my pocket, throw it and keep it moving. Because I was in a situation in my life okay. that the money was most important. Yeah. So those are the sort well, there, of things. There are those people out there who would call Dave. And, but no, they, for but, real. But for they real. know that already. Okay. They got right. the information. If I don't ever ask you that question, then I don't know what you would say. Okay. But if I ask you that question, and I know good and damn well, you okay, that's out of everybody yeah. isn't going to call Dave. You, Keyshawn, go put that money in your pocket. Okay. Because of where you're from, your upbringing, all, all right. that, you're telling the truth. It all helps right. them evaluate That's you fine. to know that you're not some dude trying to dupe them. So that is a plus on your side. That's why evaluating, having conversation and communicating to get to know somebody okay. is extremely important okay. in these situations. I, I all right. I, I understand what you're talking about. Although, just for the record... I didn't have any money growing up, and if I found a wallet, I'm calling Dave. But I'm you, just going to. I, I just need. But they that would be an honest at, but, answer. But if they were, it wouldn't be phony baloney. But if they were okay? evaluating yeah, you, I understand. They you would know that. that's okay. your character. That is true. They that's would. what All they're right. looking for. That what type true. of character guy is this? Okay, you do make a great point about the interview process because you can interview at the pro days, but it's hard. It's in because, and out. And, and, and it's in and out. You got. 35 people, you know, or more, 100 people, and they're all trying to get a little piece of yeah. you or get you to go yeah. to dinner or whatever. Yes, absolutely. Okay. So I've always thought the combine was overrated as because if you really know what, what goes on there, and I do, in, in the end, it's a great boys' night out because it's a big NFL convention of coaches and executives and agents. They're doing deals. And there, there's a lot of business being yeah, done because you're, you're deal making, you're at least planting the seeds of deals that might come to pass a little down the road. But it is a great place to meet and greet and just sit and, and interact and, and pick each other's brains and go to dinner and, you know, all the, what's the... I went to dinner place? with Tom yeah. Coughlin yeah. at the Combine. Yeah. And they had the second pick in the draft. Okay. We went to whatever, one of them steakhouses or yeah. something. But I had an opportunity to sit there and talk to him. He's already gathered the information from USC and Tony oh. Baselli and Rob Johnson and right. company. He wanted to be able Absolutely. to identify me and say, that's the same thing they're telling yeah. me about the kid. Yes. That's why it's important. Okay. And, and maybe you weren't his cup of tea. No, 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 no. We was good. I Were just you? was the second pick. Okay. All right. He tried to get me when I became okay, a free good. agent to the All Giants. Right. I just wasn't fooling with it. Okay. So Parcells guy. The point is, whatever happens on the field, it just turns into a track meet. And it's, it's fun to watch. But... As far as does it contribute to whether a team should draft you or not? To me, it should have no bearing on whether you draft that kid or not. But the but the 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 the, the organizations that put heavy emphasis on the physical stuff at the combine, those are bad organizations. They are. I agree. They're bad. Totally agree. That, that, that's, that's the reality of Keyshawn. You know this, and I know it. The tape does not lie. I know. You can just just watch it because you got reams of it. Yeah. You got at least three years of it. But there are just, certain people in organizations that value yeah. looking at a guy running around in shorts. They value that. Okay. Then there's other organizations and head coaches and things of that nature. They look at the tape. Sean McVay doesn't go to the combine. So not, there's no interest in going to, no. to, to walk around. There's no need to. No. But there's certain coaches in organizations that do. 
Again, bad organizations value a dude running up and down and shuttle. That there's nothing to do with playing football. Remember Mike Mamula that yeah, the Eagles? Yeah, hit? Boston College yeah. kid. God. I mean, you get and, that and, every year though. And, and he was workout warrior. Yeah, you get that every year. Record-shattering numbers and all the drills. Couldn't play. Can't okay. Play. It's okay. okay. It's just simple play. as you can't play. But that's a mistake by a bad organization all at right. that time. That the, is true. The, the Philadelphia Eagles were a bad organization, were a bad organization. Be, before Jeff Lurie took uh, over. Agreed. So there you go. Okay. Sometimes if you get enough quarterbacks gathered, right now Caleb and Jalen are not going to participate. But if, if they all do participate, it might help a little bit to see who the alpha is as they in their groups. You know, see who starts taking over in the drills. Who whose body language is like he's the leader of the group. But I don't. But I don't need to do that. Yeah. To see if he's a leader. No. I've I had mean, enough conversations. Know. Yes. I've had enough conversations yep. in a three four year period of tracking this young man, and then when I have an opportunity to sit down with him. Yeah. I can know if he's a leader or not. Yeah. I totally. I, here, here's a story that I was with Steve Young. We covered the NFL draft. And at the NFL draft process, and this is just about evaluations. When we're at, I think it was Radio City Music in yeah. New York City, the day before the draft comes, they bring in however many prospects. It was probably 15 kids or whatever at this time. Jamarcus Russell was one of them. Yep. And I can say this on record because it's true. We sat down, we talked to him, and me and Steve, because we just wanted to know. And, and when he left, Steve asked me, he said, what do you think, Keyshawn? What do you think? I swear to you, Skip, I said, he's going to be out the league in three years. Because of his approach to the questions that we were posing to him, I knew it was a, I knew it was a dead end. Okay. I just, you can tell that he didn't take it serious, that it wasn't important to him. Those are the sort of things that's important to me in evaluating a guy. Yep. When I tell you something and you act like you got all the answers, it's like, okay, I get it. You, you, it's not gonna work out the way you think it is. No, it and, and that's what is important at the combine to me. Yep. Not if a guy can lift 225 50 times. Yep. Kevin Durant was, is one of the coldest, blooded shooters, NBA players in the history. He couldn't lift 50 pounds at the combine in NBA. Good point. But it just, it doesn't matter. Some things matter depending on, you know, there's offensive linemen are strong as ox, but they get their tail whooped by somebody that's not as strong, right. but quicker and, and more agile. Right. got spin moves and things of that nature. Mark, Micah Parson is as big and strong as some of them tackles. But he dominates them he in does. games. So you, yeah. you see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It's more about can I communicate and evaluate you and understand who you are by having conversations with you multiple times. I don't need, that's one of the reasons the New England, not the New England, the New York Giants got rid of the psychological evaluation test. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that I'm a bad or a good football player because I eat crickets. Mm -hmm. That has nothing to do with me playing football. Yep. Nothing. Agreed. So for me, Jamarcus Russell, I was back on a show called Cold Pizza in New York City. I just watched him play, and I watched Why would just that about be every Cold Pizza. I don't know. It's a long story, uh, but we don't have time to talk about it. I, I think I know the story. I think it was the showrunner's daughter who made mention of, do we have any cold pizza left from last night in the refrigerator? And that's how it took off. Point is, 
On cold pizza, I'd watch Jamarcus Russell game after game, big games against Florida and Tennessee. He was a mistake maker of the highest order. And I just said, there's no way I'm taking him in the first round of this draft. And Al took him, Al Davis, late great, took him first overall. And it was a huge mistake. So you're looking from the inside out. I'm looking from the outside in. I'm just watching the quote-unquote tape. I'm just watching TV. And that's what you should watch. Yeah, that's you should right. watch the tape. Yeah. Not combine, yeah. throwing the ball from one goalpost to the next. Yeah. Doesn't mean anything. There's no free rusher. No. There's nobody coming at you disrupting you. Yeah. There's no defender on the receiver you're throwing to. Yeah. There's so, none of those things. So some kid is about to run a 4-140. Yeah. And it'll be, he'll be, where is he now in two years? You know, like whatever happened but to that But if that, that kid. guy who runs the 4-140 or the yeah. 4-2-5, yeah. what does his tape say? Mm -hmm. Does his tape say that matches or, can, or is it just all speed? Can he catch? Can he catch? <laughs> can he stop on the dime and give change yeah. and start right back up? Absolutely. Is, is, can he do those sort of things? How big is his heart? If, yeah, if, 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 in fact, the tape matches, then I don't mind taking a guy who runs 4-2. No. You want him all day long. Guess yeah. whose tape did match? The dude with the jerry curl yeah. that wore number two do that's at Colorado now yeah. with the chains. Yeah. The tape matched the 4-2. <laughs> it matched it. And the personality matched the 4-2. So you take Deion Sanders. The story is that Dion hadn't planned to run. And at the last second, they said, do you want to run? He said, well, I don't know. You want me to? And he has tracksuit on. It's like he didn't even warm up. He just took his tracksuit off and said, okay, where do I go? Over here? Oh, yeah. And he goes, what was it? 4-2 or something? 4-2-2 two, yeah. two yeah. or something crazy. But that's that the guy. matches, and yeah. that's the guy. Yeah, that was the guy. All right, up next, the Patriots scouting director says they'll have – Less of a hard-ass vibe now. Right up your alley. Got a shot at the ex-coach. No mercy, no mercy, no mercy. Patriots director of scouting Elliot Wolf told reporters yesterday at the combine that the team will have a quote less of a hard-ass vibe. Elliot Wolf said, it's easy to say the culture has changed, but there's no players here right now, so we'll see if the culture has changed. Keyshawn, will quote-unquote less of a hard-ass vibe be better or worse for the New England Patriots? It'll be better. Yeah? Yeah, because it's a different regime. It's a different situation. You can't come in and be Bill Belichick. Gerard Mayo is going to be Gerard Mayo, okay? He was a player in the National Football League. Again, I'll tell you this many times over. All those other failed coaches that was on Bill's coaching staff yep. that went on, they went on to become Bill. Gerard Mayo is not going to try to be Bill. It's so far, so it's, good. It's I mean, it doesn't be, feel like that. It's going to be yeah. a different approach. In fact, he's made it clear he's not Bill. Exactly. Yeah. So all them Josh McDaniels, them Eric Manginis, them, them uh, Matt Patricias. Bill O'Brien. Bill, well, Bill O'Brien, not so much. But yeah. Bill, and Bill O'Brien had some mild success as a coach. It, the Texans, as well as his Penn State, that took yeah. over a tough situation But, but he Penn tried State. to coach it the way Bill coached But he did a good yeah. job in mm -hmm. Houston. He mm -hmm. failed as a general manager. Yeah. If he never took on that general manager role, I think he would have had a little more success well, in Houston. He got sideways with d -hop He got sideways yeah, yeah. with everybody, right? Yeah. You take <laughs> your best player away from a quarterback that you just it just didn't make okay, any sense. But he did have a hard-ass vibe to him. And that's okay, okay. Yeah. because he was successful yep. at doing it. Now, remember, he didn't go directly from Bill Belichick 
to the National Football League. He went to Penn State. State. So there was a gap in between, which I I look at it that way. It's going to be a change. It's going to be a change, and it's going to be for the better because Gerard Mayo is not going to try to be Bill Belichick. And if you don't try to be Bill Belichick in – it's a change in whatever you want to call it. You want to call it softer. You want to call it less tension. Whatever it is, it is going to be a different culture change. It yeah. just is. Okay. It's his team. His stamp on it. It's his prints. It has not, Bill's nowhere in the building. It's different. All right. So Elliot Wolf has been there for four years. So yes. he was a Belichick hire. Yes. And you know of his father, Ron. Ron. You oh, yeah. I know Ron. Yeah, I know Ron well. Okay. So Ron Wolf, one of the greatest, if not, you can make a case, he was the greatest GM in the history of this league because he worked for Al Davis for a while. He was in Tampa early on, but then Al Davis won a couple of rings there. Then he just turned the Packers upside down and around. Getting Reggie White was big. He he talked Reggie White into coming to Green Bay, Wisconsin. And he went and found Brett Favre in Atlanta, and he was having his issues, and, and... he, he stole him out of Atlanta, and you know the rest is Super Bowl history. They did get to a couple, and they won one. All right, so Elliot Wolf has been there and done that. He knows what that feels yes. like. He, he knows what championships smell like. He, I think he was born and raised in Green Bay. Probably. So <laughs> the, the, the point is, I don't think he was taking a shot at Bill here. No. I think he was just stating a fact. It's we a fact. will have less of a hard-ass vibe yeah. because – Bill was about as hard ass as has ever come down the I, pike, I, I, except I, I, for maybe your coach. Twenty years. Yeah. If if I can get six Super Bowls dealing with hard ass. No. Twenty years. Yeah, I'm gonna take that. Okay. And I ain't gonna complain at all. None, zero, zilch. If I can get three Super Bowls in twenty years, I'm yeah. taking that with was, a hard ass. Was Bill harder ass than Bill Parcells was? Did he learn that from Bill, or was that his way? Was that? I don't know that he learned it from Bill. Or they learned it from each other, or whatever the case is. Yeah. You got to remember, first of all, he's a military guy, okay? So yeah. you, you, you look at it from that standpoint, and I don't think that being a hard-nosed coach, and I hear people, oh, you can't coach players that way today. That's a damn lie. They want to be coached, and, and, and you want to be coached a certain way. Sean McVay is a hard head. I mean, a hard ass. He's a hard ass. He is not, you think because he smiles and gets on and talks to but when he's coaching them dudes, he's coaching them. Yeah, I'll buy that. He's yeah. coaching them. Mm-hmm. They're not getting away with anything. From John is holding them accountable at all times. That's why you see dudes in, dudes out. He got rid of a dude who took him to a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. You don't think that's cutthroat and hard? Yeah, it's cold-blooded. Cold-blooded. Yeah. So I, I, I understand Bill's down and out right now. So it's easy to pile on. Over the last several years, when Tom went on to win, to kick him and stomp on him while he's down. People have been waiting on that. They've been waiting on it because of his approach to how he deals with people. He deals with people differently than most people in that space. He doesn't talk to you. He walks past you. He doesn't, if he don't know, you don't deal with you. He just want to talk football. He don't want to get in, caught up in all the, let's go out to eat and have a drink after practice. And people... I don't want to say don't necessarily like it. They don't understand him. They don't understand him. But this is better for this New England Patriots situation. Although you contend, having gotten to know Bill a little bit off the field, oh, yes. having gone to dinner with Dinners him occasionally. baseball games, yeah. all that, okay. yeah. That you see a little softer side, maybe not softer, but, but a funner side, you know, like a more sarcastic, yes. funny yes. side. Yes, right? because he's not in 
the he's not in his space of football. Yeah. In a building that he spends 15 hours a day in. He's not in that space. Mm. It's not all work. He's removed from that. But everybody doesn't get the opportunity to be able to see those sort of things. And you can skip Bayless. Everybody doesn't get a chance to see you outside of this building. No. They see you here. And you know how many questions I get about you on a daily? Uh, skip Bayless. Mm. It's fine. Don't mm. worry about it. Ah, That's not what you said. No, that is what I'm saying. But that happens. I'm like, he's in his work environment. This is what he loves. This is his space. I am intense about this. He don't want you messing with and disrupting what he does. I don't. And so that's the same way Bill is. Maybe to a fault. And maybe Bill's is to a fault. Okay? Working. Now, I tell this for everybody. And I call it working for Bill's because you played for him, so you're working for him. It's like dog years. You age. You do. You you age with them because everything is. You know, I remember when I one time I was in a weight room and I was a pretty, you know, fit, avid lifter. I didn't have, I didn't cheat the system or nothing. I'm in there doing everything they're asking me to do. He walks in. Bill Parcell. Yeah, he okay. walks in and tells me I'm not doing enough. And I'm like, what the, you know, I'm like, man, please, man, get away from me with was that. Was he just trying to push your button a little bit? He was trying to. Push my button, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it's annoying. It's annoying. But he he read you as as somebody he could motivate by that. But I didn't need you know, him to motivate okay. me. I didn't need him to do that. Yeah. Hell, I'm already power clinging, whatever it was. I don't need you to try to tell me I should be doing more. But I understood that is him. It worked. Or or, or telling me when I'm I've got a temperature of a hundred and something, and I'm IVing, and I. And I got the flu, and we get ready to play New England Patriots. I, I don't know. need a coach coming in telling me I don't want to play in the game because of Ty Law. I don't need him putting a gas tank That's in front cool. of my uh, locker telling me I got the Ty Law flu. I don't need that. That makes me laugh. But at the but end it, of the day, yeah. I understood where he was going with Did it. Did you Some play? People, yeah, come on, man, stop. What you think? And? What you think? What happened? What you think? I did what I was supposed okay. to do. Did he push the right button in Keyshawn? I would say he, yeah, he pushed the right button. Did you love playing for Bill Parcells? Oh, my God, I, yes. I, I think you loved yeah. it beyond oh anything my, you ever, uh, yeah. All of them. Okay. I didn't mind sitting in, although I'm only playing 30 seconds in a game on defense, I didn't mind sitting in a meeting for two hours with Bill Belichick trying to get me to understand there's different formations that they could potentially run in this situation mm-hmm. all the way back when this coach was at another team yeah. 10 years ago. Yeah. I didn't mind that because yeah. I knew if I was prepared, I was prepared to succeed and not fail. Yeah. I didn't mind that. Some people mind those sort of things. I don't believe Tom Brady mind being dog cursed until a certain not. point no. where it was like, okay, I, I, I've been doing this a million years. This is why players like me, I retire. I retire early because I don't want to sit in a room listening to you as a coach talk to everybody behind me when I've heard the same story forever. I don't want to hear it again. It gets, yeah. it gets old and long and windy. Yeah. And that's, how, that's what happens. Okay. What I love most about you, what tells me the most about your character is you love playing for Bill Parcells. Oh, that, yeah. That's a big plus oh, yeah. for you because he's hard to play for. Very hard. And yeah, those those who survived and thrived under Bill Parcells, yeah. 
Oh, they were they were really good because I've known a bunch of them, and it was a select few. It's almost like the few, the proud, the Marines. If, if you can same, do this, but it's the same thing for Belichick. Yeah, it Everybody is. Everybody that has success under Belichick yeah. has no issues yeah. with him. The ones that have issues with him are the ones that didn't live up to the expectations, or he decided, yeah, no more. They're the ones that have the issues with him. Yeah. Tom had issue with him in the end. He did because they, he just tired. So at some point, Skip, but, but for Bill 20 Belichick years, would give him nothing tired. back. He would give him nothing. Yeah, I, I mean, understand. The, the classic statement from Bill Belichick on Tom Brady was that AFC Championship game against Jacksonville went on the Wednesday before the game. I don't know what happened. He's handing the ball to Burkhead, and his hand gets caught, and it rips the yeah, palm of yeah, his throwing and he, hand and open. And he said it's not open-heart surgery. It's not exactly open-heart yeah. surgery. He had 12 stitches in his I hand. I understand. you got to give him a little bit. You, no, you, I don't. You, you, well, you no, should. No, I do not. That no. could have saved that relationship. It probably could have. It could have. But yeah. that's not his style. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You, here's what. Here's what he, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I broke my ankle with the Cowboys the end of the year against the Dallas Cowboys. But I already... Not against, not against I mean, the against, against the Giants, Giants in yeah. Giants Stadium. Yep. First uh, quarter. Yep. Break my ankle. Snap mm -hmm. like a pretzel. Mm -hmm. Go to the locker room, sitting there at halftime. I have to get a scope on my knee at the end of the year anyway. I have to get a scope. I'm sitting up there with my knee on the thing like this. I'm teed off. I just lost a half a million dollars in incentives. I'm mad. Halftime. Bill walks in training room. He asked uh, Brett and in in um, Greg, our uh, trainers at the time, what's wrong with him? He goes, well, he broke his ankle. They go, he broke his ankle. He's gonna go into surgery tomorrow. Yeah. He goes, good. He can get both things blankety blankety worked on and walked away. <laughs> and I just sat there. I'm like this, you know. I, but that's. Them. Okay. You got to be able to yep. deal with that if oh, you want to play for that. Well, those days have ended in New England. It's going to feel different. It'd be different. Yep. All right. Up next, Wimby just keeps getting better and better by the dribble. So help me out here. Why are the Spurs by far the worst team in the West? Because. No mercy. No mercy. No mercy. Come on. Come on. back down. Once again, your turn. Hashtag Undisputed Live. Here we go. First tweet. The fact the Bears are even debating this says it all about Fields and what they think. Yeah, I second that emotion. That's Which exactly is, right. It's just crazy that they think he can't play, but you got rid of the coach and staff. Yeah. That doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> That's a mess. The offensive coaches staff better yet. All right, this is from Svetlana, who says, Meanwhile, the man who's made the comment, and this is harking back to Elliot Wolf talking about Bill Belichick, or so we thought. The man who made the comment looks like a spoiled, white, privileged Ivy Leaguer who doesn't belong in the same room with Belichick. I hope he runs the Patriots organization into the ground. He's already not focused on the task at hand with these cheap shots. I don't think well, it was we a didn't cheap think shot. it was no, a cheap I shot. Cheap. I think he it was just, a statement of fact. And yeah. I think Svetlana is a, everybody. Every yeah. he, he worked on them for four years. Everybody yeah. knows yeah. what it is. Like I yeah. said, working for those two, yeah. I love them both. Yeah. Working for Bill and Bill is like dog years. That's not a cheap shot that I'm talking about. And by the way, Elliot Wolf, if he was scouting for Belichick over the last four years, didn't do much of a job himself. Elliot Wolf sounds like a name from Wall Street. Or something. <laughs> it does. 
the wolf of Wall Street. No, it just, yeah. yeah. Finally, from Emmanuel. Hey, Skip, we need to ask ourselves, how great a coach is Greg Popovich without Duncan or even the other two of the big three? I've been asking that question. I've always said that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're only as good as your players. Well, man. hey. That's hey. just the reality of it. You're only as good It'd as your players. A little better, because ever since Duncan walked out the door, it started to slide into the sunset. Well, I mean, you got to have players. Yeah. Okay. Well, they got one now. Yeah, they're yeah. still in the spoiler, though. All right. So, Victor Wimbanyama just keeps getting better by the dribble. He's running away with Rookie of the Year. In most people's eyes, he's making a run at Defensive Player of the Year because he's leading the league by far in blocks. And he's not far from becoming a bona fide MVP candidate. So, Kijan, uh, before I ask this question, let me show you a couple of quick plays from last night in the game at Minnesota. Here's the block. Okay, so he blocks Gobert, and then he dribbles the ball up the floor by himself. He goes behind the back, off the backboard, and couldn't finish, but did get fouled. And then watch this on Kyle Anderson. He's about 6'8", maybe. He's, he's, he's putting moves on Kyle Anderson and ripping a three. Are you kidding me? At 7 foot 4 inches I know he just looks so long and slow, though. Oh, good. Wimby does. Yeah, Wimby. yeah okay, I'll yeah. buy that. Yeah, and by the way, they call Kyle Anderson slow-mo himself, so maybe that was a good matchup for him. But So, Keyshawn, we, we heard before the season that Wimby had the potential to be the greatest player ever. Are, are you seeing any of that yet? It's hard to project somebody as the greatest player ever. It's hard. It's hard. Is, is he? Because he's got to win championships. He's got to win championships. He's not better than Kevin Durant. Okay? He's not better than. He's just not. And, 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 and I'm just going to use Kevin as an example. Okay. All right. And Kevin's won championships. Mm-hmm. I'm just using that one person. Okay. I don't even want to get into King James. Right? Let's say, okay. So Wimby played how many years in 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 a uh, couple? So he was pro he's, ball, yeah. pro ball, mm-hmm. professional he basketball he at the highest European yeah. level. So he should be a little more polished than most mm-hmm. kids coming straight into the NBA out of college. That's yeah. my whole point. Okay. So now when you start talking about the greatest ever, right? LeBron James came from high school. He did. And three years later, he was in an NBA final. He was. And in his first game at Sacramento, he scored 25 points. Go ahead. So if Wimby played professional basketball, his clock has sped up as a pro faster than LeBron's did. But LeBron in three years, four years, was already in the finals. Can Wimby at least get to that point in the next two to three years? Not and then you say, yet. and then you say, well, LeBron has some help. Well, he really didn't have any help. He really didn't. It was like LeBron James and and uh, me and Hughes, right? It was Larry Hughes yep. and Drew Gooden and Donia Marshall. And I, I mean, come on, man. Yeah. Like seriously. Mm-hmm. And so, and those are NBA players. They are in their own right. They were good, but not on LeBron's level. And Wimby has the same challenges in San Antonio. He doesn't have guys on his level, but can he elevate enough to get his team into postseason contention to where you start to say, well, okay, yeah, he did that. Yeah. You know, yeah, blocks, he's going to get nine feet tall, he's going to get blocks. He's going to get rebounds. But it's all the other things that he has to develop. So it's hard to just say and project a guy in three, four months 
Yeah. Could be the best okay. player to ever play uh, in the NBA. I hear you. I get, come on, man. Stop. I do see revolutionary skills at that length, at that, that height and length. It's just we've never seen anything quite like this. All that's, right? That's true. Yep. You've seen long guys that have certain skill sets. But not this total skill set. But his yeah. skill set, see, the blocking stuff, he's already tall, so I don't. Uh, it's not like he's intimidating blocking. Yeah, where, he where, just, yeah. he's already up at the rim. He, he's already his up His damn there. head is no, going to hit the I, rim if I he jumps. yeah. You know? Okay, just for the record, he has 175 blocks. Chet Holmgren, the other rookie, we're calling him a rookie because he didn't get to play last year. He has 154, so it's 175 to 154, and Chet's second in the league. That's how many more blocks he has than the, the next best. The point is that I was on him early on, and I said, get your skinny butt down low because yeah. you can do so much more damage. Nobody can guard that. Too when, tall. Yeah, you're just too tall. So what happened? He started to post up more and more, and he got away from shooting threes, even though he's improved a little bit. For a while, he was dead last in three-point shooting, and he was shooting way too many of them. Now he's up to 32% from he three. He shot seven last night in May, too. Okay. I, I don't love it. I just don't love it. But, again, he's got a nice stroke, and he's making 82% of his free throws, which I do love. So I'll give you that. All right. So I do like Chet Holmgren. I, I, I like his grit, and, and I like he, he's still a beanpole, but, but he has real skill. Maybe not Wimby skill, but he's having more impact on a much I'm, – I'm giving you a much better team because Shea Gilge is right there in the MVP race as we speak. Mm -hmm. But, listen, I look at Chet. He's giving you 17 and 8 a game and three blocks a game. He's right on his tail as far as average blocks per game. And Wimby is 21-10 in three blocks. So Wimby's a little better, you know, 21 to 17, 10 rebounds to eight, and the blocks are fairly a bit, close. A little bit better. Okay, a little bit better. The point is, Chet is in the middle of playing for a team that is tied for first in the Western Conference and has the second-best record in the NBA. Yeah, but that's not fair. Okay. The well, reason it's not fair all right. is because the dude playing out, uh, on, lo alongside of him. Okay, all right. Okay, I, but, but listen. Chet is having – I watch them every night because I'm into him. He is having real impact on their games. Skip, but the guy – come on. Okay, but the other guy, you're giving me 21 and 10 and you're giving me plays like I just showed and you're getting blown out night after night after yeah, but night. Yeah, but it's not – again, okay? it's not fair. You, you understand, they are five games the worst I, in the Western I, Conference. I understand five all games. of that, yeah. but if you took Wimby and you put him on OKC, what is that? I don't think it would change that much. I think it would be about the same. I, I don't you know? know that to be yeah. true. Mm -hmm. But what would that be? Okay. So I watch the Spurs a lot. I used to be a huge fan. I'm not a big Popovich fan. I've told you that before. But Vassell is pretty good. He's averaging 19 a game. And uh, Kelvin Johnson is pretty good. He was good for our Olympic team, for our, our um, Team USA. Mm -hmm. And he's averaging 16. And Sohan's got some ability as a passer. He's averaging 11 and six assists. Okay, so you, you have some players, when, when you're making a case that, that you should be in the MVP race, seriously, because when, 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 there are nights when he puts up historic kinds of numbers where you say, well, is he that far away from being at least in the MVP discussion? Yeah, but MVP conversations and players in the MVP conversation, yeah. they go like this. They don't go. Yeah, no, no, I, I'm It's not with like you. that. They're 11 and 48. Here's what I'm saying. 
I do believe that Greg Popovich is getting, as we just had the, the tweet, he's getting some pass here. And obviously he's done, like Belichick, he had his great run with the big three, especially with Tim Duncan. But if this were some Jacques Vaughn coaching the Spurs right now, he would be on the hot seat if not already fired just the way he did get fired. Of course you're yeah. going to give Pop. Yeah. Like, what do you mean? He's getting a skate. What do you? He, okay. He's got a skate. Okay, but Pop once said, when Tim Duncan walks out that door, I'll be right behind him. And that was, what, are we going on seven years ago? And go look at what they've done for the last six years. Go, yeah, go help seven, me out. I, seven years ago, was, was Kawhi still on the team? I don't even remember. Well, he'd just fallen apart with Kawhi. Yeah, but it was yeah. Kawhi, when Tim, was Kawhi still on the team when Tim retired? Yeah. Mm. But they still had a decent team, yeah. though. Well, at that did, time, but they he they didn't cash anything after that. They, they yeah, but 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 now he's hit pay dirt potentially with Wimby. So I understand I what you tell. I understand yeah. what you're saying. There, there's no impact to it. Yet. I understand. Yeah, it's not being impacted. Yeah, in but the he's going to get the benefit off. of the doubt. Why you you're going to give him the benefit of the doubt? Well, you he, thought, does, he earned it. You thought Bill Belichick deserved the benefit of the doubt. He deserved it, but he yeah. got it for four years. Yeah, for the last four and years. And then they said, hey, we right. want to start over. Whew. Okay. Well, Pop just hit the lottery because he got to start over with his next Brady, right? Well, yeah. in basketball, it's different than football. Yeah. All you need is one guy. Yeah. In football, you need multiple guys. All right, up next, Young Money joins us to talk about Caleb Williams versus Justin Fields. I'll take Caleb. What will they take? It is time for Young Money to Lil Wayne Protégé's buddies of mine, Yella Beasy from Dallas, Alan Cubas from Wayne's hometown of New Orleans. So, Bears GM Ryan Poles made it clear yesterday he is actively trying to trade Justin Fields. Keyshawn thinks the Bears should keep Fields, draft Marvin Harrison Jr. number one overall. I say they should trade Justin Fields and draft Caleb Williams. Alan, you first, please. Justin Fields or Caleb Williams? I don't think it's a question. I think you got to take the upside of um, Caleb Williams. You know, I, I believe in him. I think he has a chance to be special. Agreed. And uh, we, 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 we've seen glimpses of, of Justin Fields in these three seasons. By the end of the day, he has a 10 and 28, 28 record. You know, yep. I think that if he was gonna, if he had this superstar potential, we would have maybe seen more glimpses. You know, at the end of the day, he has he has just as many sub-100 yard passing games as much as he has 300 yards and six to, to one. Also, we brought up Ryan Poles. I think Ryan Poles is trying to go down. He's not going to put his fate in the hands of someone that he inherited. You know, I think he wants to to get his guy. I think Caleb Williams is a guy. I hear a lot of people talk about he wasn't as special this last year. But if you look mm. at a lot of those losses, um, they, they, they were shootouts. You know, uh, the defense was giving up near 45 points. So I think Caleb Williams has potential to be special. I think that you, you, you sign him, you save money, and you sign some of these players you do have. But you have some good free agents pending. And, um, I mean, the, the clock's ticking. You look at Green Bay. They made the right decision. You know, and we see we we seen what a lot of young quarterbacks can come in and do. We've seen Joe Burrow come and have success, CJ Stroud. Yep. You know, I think they gotta take their chance on Kayla Williams, who has a higher upside in my mm. opinion. Yeah. Yellow. Go. Uh, I I personally don't agree with that. I feel like he's been in a broken system his whole time. So what can he do? You know, I feel like Chicago's treating him like a, like one of those aces who never take accountability for their own wrongdoings. They just jump into each a, a different type of relationship. And it's going to be the same problem. Like, if you don't have him with no type of help, like, what can he do? He can only do so much. 
bring some people that's going to help him build that system around him, and then we see what he's going to do. And if he oops up then, then I'll say, okay, pass him out. But until then, I don't think we've seen him at his full potential because he hasn't had any type of help. Mm. Go get him another wide receiver. Go get him some linemen. Like, the man scrambling for his life every time he say up. You know, I just feel like he needs a lot more help. Huh? They got DJ Moore over there. Did they try to get in some talent? I think a leader eventually invigorates that team, and he would have left his mark by now. And it, and, and he even made some of them players better. Mm. I mean, you can't make, I don't think you can't got, make players better when you don't have any players. You, you, I, I, no disrespect to any of those dudes. DJ Moore is the only guy on that <laughs> offensive side of the ball. Give name me somebody else. You can't give me one other dude that makes and sense he, for him. The and, man that did through. The biggest threat they had on defense, they took him to the what to the Chargers. Like you know, like he don't have help in any type of offense or defense. It's a like bad, you say, it's a bad situation. It's a bad yeah. situation for for uh, Justin Fields, man. Justin Fields is in a he is in a bad situation because they've yet to build around him. If you think about young quarterbacks, any of them, what is the first thing that they do? They go out and get him a receiver. They went out and got him DJ Moore. You don't all of a sudden get rid of him. Josh Allen picked up Stephon Diggs. They didn't the next year say, well, I got rid of Josh Allen. Then yeah. Joe Burrow pick up T. Higgins along with Jamar Chase, had Tyler Boyd. They didn't all of a sudden the next year go, well, we get rid of No. Dak Prescott said to Dak Prescott, we're going to get you a guy. They went and got Amari Cooper, C.D. Lamb. They didn't say to Dak Prescott, although Skip, who's delusional, wants to get rid of Dak Prescott now. The Done. next year, they didn't say, well, you got to go, Dak. Mm. I could go on and on and on and on and on about young quarterbacks in the chemistry with their skill position players, Skip. Okay, but let me go back at you because I am shocked that you have turned on Caleb Williams as fast as you have. He won a Heisman for it's your not, school it's not about a year ago. It's not about turning on Caleb. It's about what's right. Because just mm. like BZ said right there, if you put him in the same situation that – Justin Fields is in right today because he's going in that same situation. Okay. What's going to happen? What, you going to get rid of Caleb the next year? Because you're going to get fired. Because the coach going to get fired. And then the offensive staff that you just hired and brought in, they're going to get fired. Keyshawn, he's a very special playmaker, and you know that. We're not taking away from Caleb. We're not taking away. We know Caleb is a beast. We're saying Caleb at another. We're not saying at this particular team. We're just saying we feel like they need to give Justin Fields some more time to build and structure him right before we give, like, just going to just let him up. Because, like you say, they're going to bring Caleb into the same situation. Two years down the line, they're going to be saying the same thing. Oh, it's Caleb. No, y'all have not got the right pieces. They haven't got the right pieces Man, at look, all. Not, not if you believe Caleb Williams is that guy. Other than Jalen Hurst, the other three guys y'all named, young quarterbacks, they showed flashes of greatness higher than anything that um Justin Fields has shown in these first three years. So I think it would entice a GM more to want to build the And every last coach on them young teams with them young quarterbacks is way more superior as a coach than Matt Eberflus. Come on, man, stop. All right. Stop it. Look at look at Jalen Hurts. His first couple of years, what they were saying, they were saying the same thing. We don't know. We don't know. They got him to pieces. Uh-huh. What happened? Well, went straight to the Super Bowl. Right. You got to get the right pieces. Right. Right. We got to stop it yeah. down. Love both of your conversations and opinions on this. We will pick it up again Should next be number, week. Man.
But <laughs> next up, we got, wait a second, without Paul George, the Clippers are still favored over Keyshawn's Lakers? That's impossibly wrong. We're not very good, no. No, Lakers good enough. No Paul George tonight for the Clippers. Yeah, wait, they're still three and a half point favorites over the Lakers? Keyshawn, are you surprised the Clippers are still favored? Man, that's just... Huh? Uh, you should be ashamed of this. Well, we didn't play well last time out. Uh, I'd say not. They neither, didn't play well either, they. though, but, but they have been playing well. They have been playing well. It's three and a half point favorites. Okay, it's a three-point shot. Hey, but I, I just watched... Three-point shot in the field. James Harden tried to... Pick up the slack for Paul George and shot two of ten from three. They lost at home to Sacramento. They were coming off All Star break, I guess. I don't know. I don't worry about it. We we've beaten them twice already this year, mm-hmm. so it's two and one. Yeah, isn't it about time for you guys to get it in gear? I mean, don't yeah, you need it to is. go? Take it is. It? What are we 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 sitting at tenth in the West? Yeah, we mm-hmm. yeah we got to get going. LeBron right. and company got to get going. Okay, so to, do you win tonight? Yeah, I'm picking the Lakers. I'm yeah. not picking the Clippers. I'm picking the Lakers, too, because yeah, I think the they should take care of business without Paul George. Kawhi's been not completely healthy. He wasn't healthy at the All-Star game. Didn't look that healthy against Sacramento. Yeah, we're going to, as they say, we're going to steal this one tonight. Are you? Yeah. Steal so. it is a Clippers home game. Yeah. In our stadium. Yeah. Okay. Will you show up tomorrow if they lose? Of course. Yeah. That's it for today's Undisputed. We are back tomorrow at 9.30 Eastern. And I can't wait.